0: the new generation. What's I need more. I need more. new generation radio with Kindle Moore, WVON AM. Sixteen ninety. Let's talk about it. Come on, new
1: generation.
0: Kindle Moore, talk radio. WVON. A.M. 1690. Streaming live from the web, WDON.com. Let's talk about it.
1: One,
2: 1690 AM W V O N. Good evening, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Kendall Moore Show. I want to wish everyone a very happy Friday, November 22nd, 2019. We're streaming live at www.von.com. 312 374 8130, that is the number to connect. Glad to be here. Um, man, just flew back in, just getting in from uh, Cleveland, stopped in to the main office today. Uh, Pierre Cooper, big shout to you. Pierre Cooper was like, Kendall, what are you doing here so early? Yeah, I came straight from the airport and came straight to the other job, which is WVON. I was out in Cleveland. Um, I was helping assist with uh, hosting a movie premiere out in Cleveland. And while out there uh, the la- for the last uh, 48, 72 hours, uh, there was a lot of talk about what had happened what had happened see what had happened was, but anyway, what happened during the football game um and how the uh the gentleman his uh his suspension indefinitely had not been reversed, so I had a lot of fun speaking to the locals out there about Rudolph and you know him getting hit in the head and all that other good stuff, nonetheless though, happy to be back here in the city of Chicago. Have a very great show in store for you guys here tonight. Of course, my co hosts are in the building, but before I introduce them, I always allude to the W V O N family. The one and only Miss Robin Lewis. How are you? Hey,
3: hey, how you doing?
2: I am well. Happy Friday to oh, you. Oh God,
0: I'm so glad it's Friday.
2: <laughs> Robin, I know what you mean. Ooh, I we. know what you mean. Mm-mm. Robin, give me give me give me the top. What was the top story this week on VON?
0: Oh shoot. Now you are gonna make me think. Um Oh, uh, I honestly couldn't. T- I can't tell you. OK, you know, uh, always ask him, put you on the You spot. do. And you catch me off guard because I'm in the midst of, of doing your other work. Else. I know. But I know. um, oh, man,
2: don't worry about it. Come. I'll Thank come you. back to you. Thank you. Uh, you know, they only give me three hours. So <laughs> I got to I got to talk all the time I can. But always good talking to you, Robert. Peace. <laughs> I brought in. Uh, listen, Brother Jared, how are you, sir? I'm doing good,
4: brother. Nice to see you again another Friday. Another
2: Friday. Matter of fact, Robin and Jared, it was great seeing you guys. I know it's Friday, but last week I saw both of you at uh, Cliff Kelly's uh, event. Oh, yeah. It was wonderful. We
4: we was all looking nice. You know what I'm saying? It was all beautiful people. Everybody was all dappled up. It was great.
2: Black excellence at its best. Absolutely. At At its finest. finest. Thank you, guys. Certainly appreciate you, Jared. Of course, putting the show together as my technical producer this evening. And then my two co-hosts who are here, Brother William William Riley and also Miss San Andrea Washington, how are you?
5: Hello, right.
2: I'm feeling what up, fantastic. What up? All right, Westside, will Westside <laughs> so dope, Sandria. So dope, Sandria. <laughs> can I can I shorten that? Can I say so dope,
5: Sandy? You can't. Or do I you do can. I no, keep you it? No, you get at, to say Sandy. You I, can say Sandy. Can
2: I? because I you know my like family. I unofficially <laughs> started calling you Sandy when I did not get permission to do to do that. It's all good. So I'm I'm asking on the open mic on iHeartRadio yes. across the United States and in other places <laughs> of the world. And you are giving me permission to say Yes. Certainly appreciate that. Will, you're coming in from Springfield. You're down there making money, huh? Yeah, man. I I am
6: about making money, but I've been driving for seven hours. Man, you better be making money if you've been driving for seven hours. I'll tell you that. If you're out there for seven hours, man.
2: I've been on the road. Man, I appreciate it. All right. Well, saddle up, man. I appreciate
6: it. That's how it is, you know. We're going to talk
2: about that one day. You got to
5: do work. You got to, yeah. Fresh yeah. off the road, fresh off the plane, like yeah. no excuses, and we look fabulous.
1: Fabulous.
5: Yes. Get to Kendall's hat. Are y'all watching the hat? live stream on what? Facebook that, at the Kendall Moore Show on Facebook?
2: Yeah. There it is. <laughs> that hat on fleek. It's lit. <laughs> it's lit. <Chash. laughs> I think that's how the young people say it. Yes, indeed. Dripping.
5: Oh, that yeah. drip. That drip.
7: drip. I'm drip. drip. That's right. Yeah. Drip, drip. drip drip. That autumn drip. Wait, with the scarf.
5: With the scarf.
7: With the scarf.
5: Make sure
2: you
4: guys hit the Facebook page. Just
5: Please, at the Kendall like More Show. like it, share page. it, watch us. Check
4: that out. What what up, Jared? So is your new nickname Kendall Dripmore? Uh oh. Oh. <laughs> hashtag
5: go, new hashtag go. alert.
4: The drip? No, cause you know, drip more.
2: Drip more, but, but <laughs> when, drip more you know, Kendall. But here's the thing. During our time, cause I'm you know just turning forty, the drip meant something up, something else. So I don't want to mm. be known as the drip more. <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh, the drip. Well, you know, yeah, oh, the drip. Okay. No, he got the drip. No, 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 like, no, 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 no. But That's thank you very show. much, Jared. I appreciate that. That's a different show. I, I oh, certainly yeah.
2: appreciate that. <laughs> All right, listen, hey, folks who are out there in your cars, I just want to say thank you guys, for getting you from your work week to your weekend. We have a great show in store for you here this evening. I really do. I like to help you guys unwind. Here at WVON, we do a lot of politics. We talk about a lot of things that are going on in the world. Big shout to uh, Matt and Kim doing a fantastic job prior to me getting in here. Um, when we get back, we certainly will talk a little bit about the racism that is taking place out. Well, no, I was about to say out in the south suburbs, but just here the other day was happening out in Naperville. So that's a western suburbs. Mm-hmm. It's happening at Andrews High School, happening at um, Homewood Flossmore.
6: Homewood Flossmore mm-hmm.
2: And Whitney,
6: then uh, Walter Payton,
2: Walter Payton, Walter uh-huh. Payton. And the interesting thing about that is it's happening at the schools, in my opinion, this is the silver lining that I see, where you have more affluent blacks attending those schools
1: mm-hmm.
2: and, 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 and the population is more uh, Anglo, Anglo-Saxon, yep. white people. So uh, we'll certainly touch on that a little bit uh, here this evening, and certainly appreciate Will and, and Sandy for being here with me on that. And then during the 7 to 8 o'clock hour, I want to turn it over to Sandy. Sandy, I've been getting a lot of hits on this because we publicized it this yes, week. Yes.
1: Um,
2: the 7 to 8 o'clock hour, what are we doing?
5: So I'm super excited. So as you may or may not know, November is National Adoption Awareness Month. Um, I am actually adopted but not only that, I am black and adopted. And mm. those are two things that you don't always hear together. Mm-hmm. Um, we don't really talk about adoption or foster care in our communities. It's kind of just swept under the rug. So, the seven to eight o'clock hour, we are getting into it. We have some great guests to come in, talk about adoption, foster care, and family secrets. Like, we got to stop keeping these secrets, whatever it is, yeah. in the family. My mama
6: got all her family secrets in the closet of the house. Uh, <laughs> look, Listen.
5: people take them to the grave, and we got to stop that. We got to stop yeah. that. So,
6: yeah.
2: yeah if we, we can't
5: to... talk about it here on WVON, where can, where we, can talk we talk about, about it? it? Yep, you're right.
2: Yeah, I don't even <laughs> want to open my Pandora box. See? Can't do <laughs> See? that. Folks, don't touch the dial. Of course, it's the Kim DeMoyne Show, getting you from your work week to your weekend. We're back in a moment.
8: Kendall Moore will be right back on The Talk of Chicago, 1690 WVLN.
2: com. folks. I want to make sure that you are aware that I will be doing the turkey race today. Advantage Toyota. The turkey race is coming up, so you'll have a chance to play before I get off of the air today. So make sure that you keep listening for your chance to play and win a turkey. Brought to you by Advantage Toyota, River Oaks and Calumet City, located at 1970 River Oaks Drive. Oh man! So uh, Will, Sandy. Uh, racism in high schools. I heard Matt talking about it a little bit today. Um, and I had planned on talking about it just for a, a, a smidget because, uh, I'm born and raised on the West side, West side to the world. blow west side. up. My family, <laughs> west side. you know, people got a problem with people on the West side they sometimes, do, but I I, uh, west side I'm world. originally
5: born on the West side. So, yeah, yeah, side.
2: so, right. so, so we got the trifecta right. here, the yeah, West side people west in here. Got- Except Nia, now nah, we putting an X on Nia right now. Oh, nice. <laughs> I like the west side. You are Don't officially a like West Side. West side. Yeah,
6: you do the W. I like, I like the there you go.
2: That. Big shout out to the. West. I want to make sure we do some West Side shows. And big shout mm, speaking okay. of West Side, my guys out there, Crucial Conflict, Do yeah. or Die, Twister, yeah. all of those guys. Classics. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. 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 So nonetheless, though, uh, the the racism that's going on. I'm I saying I was born and raised on the West Side because now I, I live in the South Suburbs, and I've been living in the South Suburbs for some time now. And I've I've had the and I got to be honest with you I've had, it's been good to me and my family, you know I got kids who have graduated from Homewood Flossmore High School they attended Homewood Flossmore, they graduated, the statistics at Homewood Flossmore back then uh, if you ninety nine point nine percent of the kids at Homewood Flossmore they graduated and went to college. Mm. That's one hell of a statistic. 99.9%. But here's the even better st- the statistic, and this was like, uh, you know, the, l- the mid to late, uh, like, uh, two thousand, uh, early 2000s. <clears throat> if you graduated from home with Flossmoor and went to college, which was 99.9% of them, like, 80, 79 to eighty percent got a college degree.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Like, think about that for one second, yeah. right? I mean, it's, it, it's it's phenomenal. When I, so I say that to to lay, to make the case that um, sub- suburban schools, and it's specifically South suburban schools. HF is a great it was a great school, and and it's still mm-hmm. they still do a great job. But what comes with that is some of the things that our kids are experiencing right now. Right. So um we are talking about what happened out uh in Tenley Park last week right now. Um a racist a racist incident. So a video surfaced uh and a big large brawl took place. And it was Mo- Muslim students and a fight occurred and this happened at Andrew High School after uh a classmate desecrated the Quran. Mm. <clears throat> The reason I bring up Andrew High School is because I'm not—I'm not, no, no longer at home with Flossmore I'm out in Oak Forest right now, so Andrew was right around the corner from me. Uh, Andrew, Tenley Park High School, Bremen,
1: okay, mm-hmm. uh, Oak
2: Forest High School. When you look at the demographic out there and you look at the population, um, I, I don't have it directly in front of me. Just off the of top of the head, you know, I would give it seventy seventy-five percent white. You know, I would give it five percent black. You know, and then other, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. So, and, and then the incident that happened, <clears throat> excuse me, earlier this week out in Naperville. So we have another, yet we have another suburb, this time, you know, a western suburb with a minority of those kids and students who attend those schools, they are uh, African-American, right? Mm-hmm. Non-white uh, students who attend the school. But the racism is is so prevalent in these areas. Yep. And I think that's that's something that we need to bring attention to. Not only that, Syracuse University earlier this week. And, you know, my my my, my middle son, Kendall, graduated from Syracuse University. Mm. I used yep. to be at Syracuse every weekend doing his football, football games.
1: Player. That's right.
2: And it's very seg- – I, 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 don't, I don't know if you guys know this. Did he this. mention
5: any incidences while he was He never was there? mentioned
2: any incidents because he was a football player. Mm-hmm. Football players get treated differently, yeah. Sandy. Yeah. By, even by white people. I mean, especially by white people. Oh, yeah. I was a football player in college, and I got, definitely got treated differently because I knew how to play football. The boosters. So the racism really didn't have an impact mm-hmm. on me um, at that time. Mm-hmm. It wasn't until I stopped playing ball – that it that I really it really opened my eyes as to you know what was what was going on yeah. but nonetheless um so the racism that is happening at these schools and you know our kids and what they are experiencing you know, like, what do we do with that? So anyway, uh, yeah, so that's the conversation right now. We're only going to talk about it for a little bit. And, you know, it's a lot of, lot of people out in Country Club Hills, who kids go right. to Hillcrest. But Hillcrest is a predominantly African-American, uh, African-American, African-American school. Um, you got Markham out there and all this other stuff. But what, what do you do? What do the kids do? And how do the parents? And, and what happened at HF last year, too? Homewood Flossmore had an incident that was going on out there. You know, um,
6: this is just a really, to me, it's a matter of the parents getting together and mobilizing. I mean, uh, whether it's in uh, a school where the uh, participation of black students have dropped or it's a school where minority students or students are entering and, and the minority is is small, you know, the parents, the black parents, they got to meet each other's kids and meet each other's parents, you know, uh, meet each other to, to to work out what they're going to do and just really have a plan. That's what it comes down to. You know, we all move out there, Like they talked about today, you move out there and and you want to make a better life for Mm -hmm. your kids. But, you know, they're going to get hit with it. You know, my son went to a school in Oak Lawn. And when he graduated, after he graduated, his mother started telling me all these things that was going on afterwards. And I I got mad. I'm like, why didn't you tell me this? She said because she didn't want me to go to jail. But <laughs>
1: <laughs> <Right>. that part <laughs> right. you know, that's a very important you know, part. So by you don't the way. mess with yeah.
6: the little lion, mess with the big lion. Yeah. But uh yeah, man, so that's really what it's gotta come down to. We have to mobilize no matter where we're at, no matter how small, you know. If your kids out I I need to meet your kids, your kids need to know me. We have to be our own safe spaces. That's right. really what it comes down to because there's a lot of animosity and aggression against us, especially when we start achieving. Or We've always
5: achieved, but when we start showing it. Yeah. you know, And don't, uh, to your point, you know, we have to mobilize, be vocal, be visible. Um, because at the same time, we can't pull our children out of these schools. Or rather, we shouldn't because we want our children to go to great schools. Right. We want our children to be in the schools that get more funding they have more programming opportunities so we want them to be in good places so they're set up for the future but we also can't let these types of things just slide so it's like Mm -hmm. we have to be vigilant and vocal and not give people a pass so it's like how do we escalate things up so that they reach the media they reach radio like we can't just take it as par for the course like oh this is what happens when you're of a minority in a certain type of school. Like, no, not on our watch. We have to keep escalating And, and then
1: up.
6: also we truly, truly have to consider, and I know it's nothing against the teachers, teachers' union, but we truly have to consider starting our own schools. I mean, they have been Which started have, independently yeah. all over the country, but it, it might be something we might have to do just to protect our kids but to make sure they're getting the the, the the great education that they deserve, Mm -hmm. you know, and, and and uphold the standards because that's what it comes. It's a camaraderie. We have to have that.
2: Well, when we return, I want to, I want to respond to that. Sorry about that folks. Don't touch the dial. Of course, it's Friday. You know, it's trending. That means it's Kendall. We're back in a moment.
9: He's the new kid on the block. He's got the weekends on lock. Kendall Moore radio for the next generation on the talk of Chicago, 1690 WVON. (music) I <music> will
2: All right, welcome back, folks, 38 minutes after the hour. I want to make sure that you guys uh, stay tuned. Now, the Advantage Toyota Turkey Race is coming up. You'll have your chance to play before I get off of the air today. As a matter of fact, we are going to uh, do the turkey race, uh, you know, before the uh, 8 o'clock hour, you know, maybe before we get out of here, all right? So keep listening for your chance to play, and it's brought to you by Advantage Toyota River Oaks in Calumet City, uh, 1970 River Oaks Drive. Will, Sandy, uh, mm-hmm. to continue the uh, Friday night conversation. So high school, is it's just difficult being in high school these days. It's difficult being All in right. grammar school these yeah. days. My, my Connor is in, what, first grade? No, second grade. <clears throat> and he has this thing called dojo. Like, I can look and see mm-hmm. what he's doing. And me and my wife, I'm telling you, man, we go back and forth. And the reason that I, I think uh, the reason that I'm even bringing this up is because school just being in school right now, man, it's just it's absolutely as bananas. I want to bring up what we were talking about uh doing a break. But the racism thing, I, I, I can't dis- dismiss that. Mm-hmm. I think that our kids right now, they are growing up at an astronomical rate. What mm-hmm. do I mean by that? Kids who right now are, let's say they're 10 years old. Like, literally, there are studies that that will support the statement that I'm about to make. If you're 10, back in 1979, you were, like, 8 as far as development is concerned Mm -hmm. from a nuclear, I mean, uh, from a neurologist standpoint, even from a a physical or physiological standpoint as well. Mm -hmm. But, well, so take that same 10-year-old. And move that move that needle up to 2018. That 10 year old technically right now is like a 13 or 14 year old, depending mm-hmm. on what environment that they're growing up in. So our kids are like way advanced. Many of the parents who are listening to tonight's program, and, and it, even some of us sitting around this table, let's take the the simple premise of being able to work an app. Like we don't. I gotta ask Naya, who's my you know my intern. Like Naya, how do you do? How do you? How do you make a video on on Instagram? Mm. Society is progressing our children a lot faster, uh, 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 you know, from a learning standpoint. And then socially, they're, they're moving a lot faster as well. You got 10 year old girls right now. Who look like they thirteen, mm-hmm. but they—I'm they, about to say they ass, but I did just say it. But but they <laughs> ass, they—they they look like they're sixteen, 16, 17 years old from a, from you know from all the Popeyes chicken that they're eating and all mm-hmm. the hot the, the flaming hots that are going in their bodies. But they're also they're thinking that way as well because the internet has introduced them yeah. and mm-hmm. have microwave their minds. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know your average twenty-year-old. Hell, I'm scared of a 20 year old. You know, a 20 year. old No, 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 no. I say that because a 20 year old. I, I'm talking about. You yeah, know, I know what you're saying. Like, yeah. what what can I do with a 20 year old? You you talking about <laughs> stuff that I have right. absolutely. Because <laughs> it used
6: to be, it used to be rules, you know that. Oh. And, and as you back age back. and progress, right. then you learn certain things—the birds and the bees and all this. But right now, you know, when the kid get their uh, their own cell phone at twelve, man, they watching Pornhub. Yeah, and nobody realizes It's a normal
1: that. thing, man.
6: You know, and they be ready, man. I just hate to say it, yeah. you know. But yeah.
2: So and, and so back to the racism piece, though. And and, and Sandy, I see your eyes, and I know what you. Not, I know you're okay. thinking over there. No, 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 no real know? talk. But here's the thing. But even with the racism thing, so think about the the non African American, non you know non uh, Islam uh, Muslim mm-hmm. students who are white, and they're being brought up in neo Nazi households, or they're being brought up in a extremely. Uh, 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 GOP household, for lack of a better term, you know, a trumpet, for, whatever, for the mm-hmm. lack of a better term, you know, is it that they're racist, uh, racist, or is it the things that they are learning, they're learning at an astronomical rate now?
6: No, they're just racist, and their parents are <laughs> racist, too. And before, you, before we get any farther, let me just say this. I know we, we like to think white. White is just white people. No, it's not just white people. It's people that are non-black, okay? It's other people, it's it's Latinx, it's Asian. Sometimes they pile on too for acceptance. I'll say. It. I feel that they mm-hmm. pile on too for acceptance. You know, they want to make sure that you don't get they don't get discriminated against. so They join in, yeah, with it. So we're the, we we're, the, we're like the victims at the bottom. I'm not, I shouldn't use that word because I'm not going to say we're victims and we've been victimized. But I mean, you we, we read the headlines every day, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, we know what's happening. And they're piling on. They pile on. They join in, you know, because they feel like their salvation is in the mainstream.
2: You know, I heard an interesting uh, statistic today, and that is that women for this, because the, the, the Democratic national debate happened uh, last this past Tuesday, that uh, women, if all women voted for one single candidate, that candidate who all the women in the, world, if, in, in the United States, if they voted, as one block, whatever candidate they put their um, they put their votes behind, they would win hands down. I don't care Republican or Democrat. The second statistic that I heard that night on Wednesday is that Black women Black women are the second single most uh, population that votes. Uh, that, that that helps push, move the needle and gets a person elected. Mm-hmm. Why do I bring these, why do I bring this up? Because it's the black mother mm-hmm. who I feel helps with what's going on in those high schools out there in them south suburbs. You know, there's not a, a lot of Section 8 that's accepted out there. Um, you can tell the suburbs that accept Section 8. I've, I've had, like, tremendous debates with people in barbershops. You know, Homewood Philosopher's World, well, they only allow, like, so many Section 8s per year. They wouldn't allow people on Section 8 to move out there. Mm. The reason that I bring up Section 8, I'm just trying to connect the dots for everybody, real talk, is because you it's almost like public aid. If you, you can't have a man... And you're a single mother with multiple kids, and your income is at a certain level, so you can be a black Claudine. woman. You can be a black woman, Claudine. and without no man in the house, and you got so many kids, and we'll let you move out to our lily white uh, areas. Mm-hmm. But with that comes no man in the house again, and then you're faced—you're you're faced with, you know, things like that's happening out in Naperville and at uh, Andrew High School, like. So what do you do with that? And then for the parents that it is happening with those who are a little bit more affluent when it comes to their their dollars, dad is at work and to your point will, you don't want to be the angry black man out there snapping because you need you you, you, you still want to live out there and you want to give your kids, you <laughs> right. know, a better way. So it's mm-hmm. almost like you damned if you do, you damned if True. you don't, but we we damn sure got to do something. We yeah. So I, uh,
5: sorry, go I was going to interject and say, so I grew up in a section 8 household. from 1993 until I left for college. My mom was on Section 8 literally until the day she died. Um, And it was just me and my brother. She had two kids. My parents separated when I was five. Um, I went to Thornton High School in Harvey, um, which I know Harvey has changed over the years. Thornton was predominantly black at the time. I don't know what it is now. Um, Ended up going to U of I with a lot of these kids that are coming from HF and all the, you know, Upper (laughs) suburban schools. um, We all ended up in the same place. You're right there with this section eight little black girl, you Mm -hmm. know. Um, So I don't want to say it's a it's a judgment call on the parents, because, again, uh, a mother who is raising her child, a single mother, you know, she wasn't raising a gangbanger. She wasn't raising, you know, a streetwalker. She's raising this scholar who, you know, she wants to see do well. So I don't think we can necessarily, you know, I guess paint this light of well are we letting in the wrong types of black people and i hope
2: i didn't sound like that because i wasn't no no but
5: yeah but some people might be thinking that and maybe it's the white people who are there they're looking at these black students and all they see is just black and black is synonymous Mm -hmm. with gangbanging um Pregnant, teenage, unwed mothers, um, poverty, like that's what they see. They don't see the scholars who actually had the grades to get into these schools and thrive and actually do better than their kids. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think it's just important to make sure we don't paint that picture. But that's probably what a lot of those types of parents, those racist parents are looking at. They just see black. And black is synonymous with everything that's wrong.
2: Uh, Naya asked a good question before we went to break. Um, Naya, come on, real quick. What 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 was that question that you asked? I, and I thought it was a very a very good question. Jared, turn the microphone on for me, real quick. Um, and it was, d- d- does it make sense? Go ahead. Uh,
5: what so I used to, oh so I used to work in Inglewood, predominantly black school. Um, and there's some things that come with being in school and being around black people. But would you rather have your child experience, like the black experience in high school, or would you rather them be in the suburbs, predominantly white space, and be subject to racism?
2: Yeah, mm-hmm. I think that was an excellent yeah. question to yeah. ask. Yeah. And well, Will, I think you and, responded and, to and it look, off the and
6: like my Uncle Foster used to say, you can't afford to segregate yourself if you're a black person because you're not really wanted any place In your community, that's why you have your community. That's why we had our communities. Our communities... Uh, historically has been a accepting of a lot of different people. But when we branch out, historically we have not been accepted. So, you know, uh, that's what it basically comes down to. We have to think about getting our own. I know this is a melting pot, so to say. For so everybody say, else. They and say it's a melting diversity pot. Is, diversity is the hot buzzword. Diversity is the word, but it's not, if it's, you know, if it's not being showed, it's not it's authentic. So, mm we have to really consider we have to stop fighting each other like i told you first show man woman husband wife boyfriend girlfriend we got to consider getting married again we got to consider all these we got to change our culture back to where it was okay and and then and then work on it within our community we have to there's nothing wrong with liking your own that's what Michael Uncle Foster used to Ain't, say. Ain't I, nothing I, wrong I, with that. I, I'm not I mad at i challenge anybody on
2: it. Our, our kids are getting it from every which way. So real quick, uh, before we go to break, so our, our kids are getting it every which way, Sandy, you were just talking about the incident that happened out at Rich South. hmm And I'm sure they're going to be talking about that. I don't know when it happened. You know, this is what we do on Friday nights. We find, the, you know, the hot topics and stories, and we bring them up. But from what I understand, you know, a young lady got touched on the butt by one of the athletes and threw something in his face, right. and then... Um, he chased her and ended up slapping her a couple of times. She ends up getting disciplined, and he he did not. I, again, our kids are catching it from every which way, and even participating in, in their in their own right. But like with situations like that, what do you do? That's what I, that's mm. what I was talking about. It's just hard to me do? being yeah. in school. See, see when
6: your when your kids are participating in that type of stuff, that's that's the fault of the parent. They have not been taught, you know what I mean. You know, I uh, I don't want to use this word, but they use they say cooning. <laughs> mm. That's you got. Yeah, we got to stop that because kids are a reflection of the parents, mm. you know. And uh, if you if your kid is out here joining in in that type of behavior and they black and it's going against another kid and it's no reason at all for them to do that. You know, uh, I got to question the parents. I always question the parents.
5: What's what's going on at the house? But is it always the parents? Is it really looking at culture and society? So in the case of this young man at, I think it was Rich Central, you know, he's just a boy being a boy. Boys, you know, smack girls on the boy. But, you know, if a boy hits you, that meant he liked you. So we're right. conditioned
8: right.
2: to
5: react that way.
2: Sandy, when we come back, we pick up that conversation.
8: It's WVON's original Friday night show, Kendall Moore. He'll be back in a moment.
7: Doing. That boy back there, Jerry. How he know about that song? You're too young to know
2: about that, yet. Uh 55 minutes after y'all Welcome back, folks. I want to remind you guys that the WVON Senior Breakfast, it's coming up. It's going to be loads of fun. And, man, every year is completely different. So you better make sure that you join us. Seniors, it's free for those 65 and older. And $8 for those who are under... 65. Well, what you doing, man? Oh,
6: no, man. I don't know. I haven't.
2: Only on the Friday night show. <laughs>
4: <laughs> People oh, get man. the real what VON to on Friday live
2: stream? You, you're not popping no more. This is, this is,
5: uh, it's time for a new phone. <laughs> your man. Facebook Live was popping.
1: This is, this is, this oh, back to the God. senior <laughs> breakfast. It's this happening this Saturday, December
2: 7th from 8 a.m. until 12 noon. It's going to be held at the House of Hope, 752 East on 114th Street. That's at 114th and the Bishop Ford. The House of Hope is wheelchair accessible. Man, so Sandy, Will, I don't know. Have you ever been to the, uh, a WVON senior breakfast? No, I have. I have, have you? not. Oh, my God. It's the WVON senior breakfast. Naya's 25 or something like that. She can come. <laughs> you okay. know what I mean? Like, <laughs> okay. the seniors get Damn. Oh, I already okay. know. Okay. I already know. Yeah, yeah. So, Watch out that now. I think our show should make a make an appearance. Yeah, that say, would be hey, dope. This is the that that would show. be dope. Oh man, the senior break folks, make sure you get your tickets. It's only eight dollars for those who are under sixty five. I think what we should do is buy a block of tickets. Uh, and yes. give them out during during December and help yes. our seniors out who listen yes. to uh, who listen to the show.
5: That will be perfect. Let's
2: make sure we do that, folks. The WVON Senior Breakfast is coming up Saturday, December seventh, eight a.m., twelve noon, House of Hope. All right. So coming up this next uh, hour from seven until eight, uh, Sandy's taking over the microphone. <laughs> huh? Will I'm producing this uh, this right, segment? Behind the right. scenes. Hey, hey, hey! And Naya and Sandy was giving me. You know, like looking him, he doing it. He's doing no, it. No, Producer no. credit. It, but, so here we go, though. But um, black adoption, black
5: adoption. Sandy, how did
2: we come to this? Like, where, where? How did we get to this topic? Uh, this. So next?
5: I won't go deep into it. I'll save it for the next hour. But short story, I am black and adopted, and in my search for trying to find, not even information about my biological family, but just information about black adopted people, I couldn't really find anything. Pretty much any time there's information about black adoptees, it's in relation to transracial adoption. So that means black people adopted by people of other races, typically white people. Okay. So think different strokes, you know, things like that. And I'm like, well, what about black people adopted by other black people like does that happen am i a unicorn um and that's what social media that's what media in general will make you feel like like you're a unicorn so i just want to talk about it Mm. and i know so many other black people adopted by other black people we do exist and so it's like okay we exist but why don't we know about it? Yeah, so yeah. how do we break that stigma? Let's talk about it. Let's get into these family secrets. Talk about what's going on in our families. And not so much to shame people or throw people under the bus, but just to open the air. Like, I don't think being black and adopted is a bad thing you right. know right. I, I'm nobody's secret you know I'm I'm streaming worldwide right now like I am nobody's <laughs> secret you will not right. put baby in the corner so we we getting out the corner we gonna talk about it all right we're looking forward to it I'm looking very forward to
2: hearing this I was telling Melody you know what when I get in sometimes I get a chance to talk to Melody when she's available She was like hey Kendall what are you talking about today and I was like hey we're doing black adoption Ooh. she was like hot
1: so oh Melody, my big, big no shock. pressure whatsoever yes, yes yes pressure 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 <laughs> <laughs> All right, folks,
2: we always appreciate you guys checking in with us on Fridays here at the Kendall Moore Show. Always, the number to connect is 312-374-8130. You can also uh, check me out. I'm streaming live at the Kendall Moore Show on Facebook. And you can hit the uh, the Instagram page at the Kendall Moore Show. So do that as well. Uh, when we return, I'm going to make sure the next hour we get the turkey race in. Got a great segment coming up for you the next two hours. Jared is here. Hey. Naya is here. Hey. I am here, you are there. So don't touch that doubt, don't go anywhere. Getting you from your work week to your weekend, we continue to party. It's streaming, it's Kindle.
1: Night so Night so
9: Chicago is 1690 WVON, Sherwin, Chicago.
8: You're listening to Kendall Moore, radio for the next generation. On the Talk of Chicago, 1690 AM, WVON. Mind-blowing decisions
0: causes head-on collision.
2: All right, 1690 AM, WVON. Of course, we are streaming live. That's the WVON.com. We of course, we're part of the I Heart family and all of that good stuff. Folks, make sure that you stick around. That turkey race will be happening this hour, and so we want to make sure that one of you lucky winners will uh, be fortunate enough to win. The turkey for Thanksgiving. By the way, happy Thanksgiving to those who are coming into Chicago this weekend uh, through next weekend. In the meantime, I turn it over to my co-host, the one and only Miss Sandria Washington.
5: Thank you for the phenomenal introduction, Kendall. So we are about to get into a little bit of a serious topic. Um, Of course, we are approaching the holidays, Thanksgiving, family, and this is a perfect time to get into those family secrets, get into those uh, maybe tough conversations we don't always talk about. So I mentioned last hour that November is National Adoption Awareness Month. I am black and adopted. I feel like it's necessary to mention those two things. Mm. Um, But Adoption Awareness Month was created really to shed some light on the foster care system, Mm. which we know um, predominantly is made up of, black children, black and brown children. And so joining us in the studio today uh, is myself and Will is here. But we have a special guest, Christopher Lamarck. He is a recording artist. Um, Hip hop is his art of choice. Yeah. Um, But he is also the founder of a great organization and movement, Coffee, Hip Hop and Mental Health, which he'll get into later. Um, But he grew up in the foster system. Um, so first of all, thank you for joining us.
10: Oh, you're welcome. Thanks for having me.
5: Yes, of course. And so... I want you to tell us, how did you find yourself in the system? Because you just have a phenomenal backstory. I think people would probably have a hard time believing Mm. and hearing some of the things that you might share. But how did you find yourself in the system?
10: Well, as I can remember, uh, my sisters and I, we were separated from my mom uh, at the age, well, I was three. So this is 1982. And we was separated uh, briefly into different uh, foster homes. And then we all were united collectively. Uh, we moved in with my mom's un- uh, brother, which is our uncle. And I was on the south side of Chicago, 6453 South Hermitage. We lived there for about 12 years. Well, I lived there for about 12 years. Mm. And um, But, yeah, we was fortunately placed with family. Yes. Right? And so that's a... Uh, Yeah, Yeah, because a a lot of times we think,
5: you know, when you're separating a child from their family of origin, the next best thing is to place them with family. You know, that's what we naturally think. Um, Was it a good experience for you during those 12 years? (sighs)
10: So it wasn't a good experience. And I'll say uh, it wasn't a good experience because I know for a fact that we wasn't properly nurtured. Number one, like to be separated from your mom, and then not to have knowledge of your dad, right? And then you live with people that's supposed to be your family, but for me, you know, you know, I had. For me, I know, a part of my punishments, uh, just growing up in the house was often like locked in dark basements, Mm -hmm. uh, Mm -hmm. like sometime two thirty, three thirty in the afternoon to two or three o'clock in the morning. Mm -hmm. Um,
6: This was your. Your
10: grandmother? No, no. So we lived with my uncle Your and uncle. Uh, my aunt, which is my mom's brother and uh, his family. And so I'll just say this. So you know how you, you evolve and you grow, and, 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 and then you realize that hurt people hurt people, right? right? So I look at my own situation and all the things that I've done as a man, right? And so it helps me have grace, you know, for my family. But the reality is this is the story. This is what happened. Mm -hmm. I lived in a house. I was physically, mentally, and emotionally abused. I was called bitches. I was called faggots. That's that's a life for a child. Right. Right? Right. Any age,
5: but especially for a
10: child. And to place me in a dark basement, that shaped my adulthood. I got used, as a grown man, I got used to living in darkness, isolated, not wanting to hang around people. Crazy social anxiety. So, even just something simple like if I'm playing with a basketball or something, throwing it against the wall. You know, just being a child. Being a child. Mm-hmm. I'm getting hit with a broom. I'm, I'm, I'm getting hit with a belt, or even one of the punishments. I never forget that my uncle did this. And look, I tell this story because I realize that our young people or just people in general who never had enough courage to tell their story, and they 50, 60 years old, struggling, yeah. or they may have committed suicide because all the pain and the guilt. So this is why I tell the story. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, even. Humiliation, even being get in the bathtub and naked and get out and they and my uncle would beat me like in front of my family. Oh my like God. this is stuff that happened, right? And I used to feel guilty about telling a story because you know, you, you you're not you, supposed
5: to right? Talk right. About you that. You want to shame the family. right?
10: But the reality is I was a kid. Right. And I lived my whole life guilty and ashamed and afraid because this story made me scared. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm 40, right? But at 39, I mean, I realized for 39 years I walked around scared. But I knew how to pretend because music and being able to get on stage and perform, it taught me how to just look okay.
6: Mm-hmm. So you spent your entire life until your, to, until your adulthood there?
10: No. So I lived there from age three to 15. OK. Push out into the streets. You know, when you get older, pushed out in the streets. Yes. Yeah, so I'll explain that. So when getting older, like you started to watch TV and other examples and you realize that Heathcliff Hustable didn't hit Theo. Right.
1: Mm-hmm. Right? <laughs> right. Right.
10: Right. So TV was my saving grace because I started to realize that this is wasn't the way we were supposed to be parented. Mm-hmm. Thank and so, God, so, Bill Cosby, right. right, right. So, look, I thank God for those shows because if it wasn't for Family Matters and Fam, you know, Fresh Prince and the mm-hmm. Cosby Show, and just all those shows that display what a family should look like or look like, right. it, it it just gave me an alternative view of what that really looks like or can look like. Mm-hmm. And so, I didn't know growing up very early that I was being abused, but the older, uh, you know, I started to fight back and talk back. And so, when I did that. You know, I was pushed out. And so at the age of 15, I walked the streets a little bit, then living with cousins, and then that didn't work out. Because if you putting me with cousins, and even though they want to love on me and help, right, and, like, be my guardian, well, I was just locked in the basement for 12 years, and now you're going to take me from that, and then you're going to put me in a house where it's freedom. I'm going to reject all of that because I don't understand what that is. I thank God for my older cousins, right? But that was difficult trying to...
6: So you are, are you an introvert? You consider yourself I an thought
10: I was. Today? I thought I was. He's but definitely not an introvert. <laughs> no, no. Well, so, I mean,
1: but we'll get into still yeah. well, Most artists are yeah. introverts.
5: Yeah. 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 But we'll get into yeah. it. I want to get more into it after the break. Okay. Um, because I want to find out if you've spoken to your aunt and uncle since you were pushed out. Um, <sighs> yeah. So you all, you are tuning in to WVON. It's the Kendall Moore Show. We will be back with more with Christopher yeah. Lamarck after the break.
9: Ooh-wee. yeah he said it what i thought you knew don't you dare touch that dial it's kendall moore radio for the next generation on the talk of chicago 1690 wvon
5: our show WBON 1690 and we are getting ready for WBON's 29th annual senior breakfast okay the seniors are ready to get into some holiday cheer they are ready to kick it and the lit crew will actually be in the building as well so come out and Join us. We will have breakfast on us. This is a free event for those who are 65 and older. And for those of us who are a little bit younger, under 65, it's only $8. Um, that will be Saturday, December 7th from 8 a.m. until 12 noon. And we are meeting at the House of Hope, 752 East, 114th Street, right at 114th and the Bishop Ford. So make sure you come out, get into that Christmas Christmas cheer, and there will be a performance by Regina doing her rendition of The Boss, Diana Ross.
1: Uh-oh.
5: I know, right? I know that's going to be hot. <laughs> Tonight, we are continuing our conversation with... Christopher Lamarck in the studio about family secrets, black adoption, and foster care. So right before the break, you took us through just an amazing snippet Mm -hmm. of um, your traumatic years growing up in foster care with your family. And one of the things that I wanted to know is, did your family ever talk about what happened to you? Like, was it a known thing, but we don't talk about it? Or was there anybody advocating for you and kind of having your back?
10: Um, I remember, you know, when I was young, uh, being in the basement, like my cousins would like sneak me food, Mm. like in the basement, right? Or they would take us out the house and go hang out with them. And, you know, so my cousins did stuff like that. But when I got older and I discovered a gift of music, and I'm fast forwarding, right? Um, I started to talk about the stuff that happened. And so before that, it was nothing. No no one talked about anything. It was just silence. Like, everyone knew, but no one talked about it. The moment I started to talk about this in my, you know, in song, Mm -hmm. then I started to hear people say, why are you talking about that? Or threaten to boycott my shows or... Because now I'm talking about their mom, right? Even though these are the same people that snuck food into the basement, you knew what was happening. Mm -hmm. Anyone who was in the family knew it was happening, anyone who was close. But... Nah, it was definitely something that we're not going to talk about.
5: What about now? You know, fast forward to 2019. Um, So
10: me and my sisters talk about it. You know, we lived it. Right. But the sad part is that even though like I built these relationships with distant family, family I never knew growing up, the family that I grew up with, like my first cousins, second cousins, um, no, we we don't talk about it. It's it's. It's this thing like um, he talked about it so it caused problems and, craw- and caused friction because I publicized it through the music even though I never said any names. But there's no conversations about it. It was a lot of get over it. You shouldn't be talking about that. Oh, we raised you. We took you in. You was eating out the garbage can like when we met you. It was stuff like that. It was like Yeah, right? But it's like, look, like the reality is my mom, whether she abandoned us or left us in the home, whatever that reason was, because there's so many different stories as to why we was taken from our mom, you abused us. Physically, mentally, and emotionally, you abused us, and you humiliated us, and you starved us. It would be times that they'd call me to the table and say, you know, have me sit at the table and watch everybody else eat, but mm-hmm. I couldn't eat, mm-hmm. right? So I'm either uh, trapped in the basement or you locking me in an enclosed back porch where I can't come in the house or I can't go outside.
6: Mm. How, was your tr- how was your sisters treated? Yeah,
10: We all were abused in various ways.
5: And before we go deeper into that, for those of you listening, definitely give us a call, 312-374-8130. Let us know your thoughts. Um, if you can relate to this in any way, uh, we definitely want to hear from you and make sure we get your comments. So please call the line. Um, but, yeah, I'm curious. Like, how how, how has this affected your sister's your relationship with your sister? I would say this. It's
10: been challenging, right, because I can form a relationship with you. But if I can't talk about, like, what happened, it's not a real relationship. So I feel like that there's a lot of guilt and there's a lot of shame in my family. So we don't actually really build past the surface. People don't actually see each other. Right. And then as far as my sister is concerned, I don't tell their story. Right. Mm-hmm. But every time I tell my story, I can only imagine that it takes them back to those days. Right. Mm-hmm. Music is the way that I got through it. But they also found their own ways of dealing with it. Right. They have families and children, so they're trying to protect their sanity today. Mm-hmm. So everybody coped different. So I believe that the abuse didn't allow us to really form a real relationship. That's actually hard really giving you an answer because I know for a fact because of that abuse that happened, it separated and divided us all.
3: All
5: right, and we have some calls. Let's go to Jeff. Jeff, are you on the line?
11: Hey, hey good evening, sister and the brother. Hey, hey, brother, I want to tell you something, man uh not that I need to tell you, but brother uh you sound like you definitely on point you on your square keep keep growing man, you know what Appreciate I mean that. uh you, you definitely sound like you're a solid brother, thanks, and Jeff. uh you know hey, hey you because know, we're all trying to grow and improve and and I tell you, but that's that's all more reason why you know when I hear this black radio station and I hear and forgive me, I hear that term black and brown, there's only black that matters if you got black skin because there's black people Mm -hmm. that have suffered, Mm -hmm. that continue to suffer and and there's a lot of sickness, brother. We have a lot of, there's a lot of Mm -hmm. irresponsible uh, individuals getting together let's let's be honest, having sex, am I right? Yeah. Yeah. Then here comes a child that neither irresponsible person is ready for then all we keep doing here in 2020 and 2050 will be extending our problems that we've been trying to fight you know what I mean? Since the 1900s, know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, 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 like I said, brother. So we all have to, again, you know, get a grip on our families, continue to grow, trying to improve. And brother, like I said, you know, I, I, I'm definitely going to. Do, uh, I, I don't know. I, I, I haven't heard your music. I don't know uh, uh, what, what you made and all that. But uh, I, I, like I said, man. But uh, you, you sound like you're definitely solid, brother. And continue improving, man. And I wish you the best.
5: Thank you, Jeff. Jeff I
10: appreciate Thank that. You. Thank you.
5: And to Jeff's point, that was an excellent point, you do sound very solid and on point. And I know for you, something that has been very helpful is starting to go to therapy. Mm -hmm. So talk a little bit about how you made that uh, huge step to go to therapy and then be vocal about it.
10: Sure. So um, last year I started to go to couples counseling, right? And it was in those sessions I realized that I had been walking around with PTSD mm-hmm. and depression and sadness for 20 years, and in that, and also in those meetings, I also realized that I had been bleeding in all of these relationships because when you are abused and you never really deal with that, you you know you're going to just bleed in all these relationships. So, so that therapist suggested that I go to counseling, but I wasn't ready for that. And so one moment I am sitting in Starbucks last November and i and i'm listening to meek mill and i'm just having a cup of coffee on a rare occasion and it's crowded in millennium park train station starbucks and i started to like cry hmm. i mean not like a tear but i just could not stop crying and and i didn't really know what was wrong and but it was in that moment like i just felt i felt powerless i knew something was really wrong and i say you know what i'm going to go to therapy so I went to therapy, and that was really hard because they say when you go to therapy that it gets dark, like, before it gets light. Mm-hmm. And I started to open up all these doors, talking about the abuse, talking about what it felt like to put my arms out with two pennies. And if I dropped my leg, I would get hit with a stitching cord or a belt or a dirty sock in my mouth. I started to open up all these doors, all the nasty and painful things that happened to me, stuff I had locked away. And I opened up like four or five different doors, and I reverted back to my 10-year-old self. Went home, a grown man, 40, hiding in my bedroom, hiding in a separate bedroom away from my relationship. Mm -hmm. I reverted back to that scared 10-year-old boy. And then I got advice from a trauma specialist. Don't open up these doors unless you know where you're going, so slow it down. Mm -hmm. Once you start to slow it down, therapy made sense. And I started feeling very transformative in this space. And I was like, Oh my God, why don't we talk about therapy? Okay. <laughs> right? Hello?
5: I'm right. like, why don't we
10: talk about therapy? Don't yo. Talk about therapy? So, so, you know, I started getting excited. I say, you know what? I don't want to go back to the stage no more. Hiding behind clothes and looking good and pretending to be okay. And the whole time I'm suffering suicidal and scared. I'm going to take this idea of therapy, put it on stage with some therapists and we gonna talk about this. That yes. was the idea, and I, and I wrote down coffee because it this mental meltdown happened in Starbucks. Mm-hmm. Coffee and hip hop because that's what I do, right? And that's the thing that unites us. And then mental health, something that we don't talk about. And, and that's you just how you
5: did an amazing event partnered yeah. with AT and T. Oh uh, yeah, that was um, so and you crazy. Had, I mean, just a dynamic panel therapist, yeah. I think a social worker yeah. yourself, um, television star, and just. It was a rich and real conversation, yes. and just raw. Yeah. And so, I just want to commend you for just even bringing that into the the mainstream. Yeah. Because we don't always do that. Yeah. So, what has the response been like, just from like the everyday people? So, like people who attended that event, what what are people saying to you now as they experience coffee, hip hop, and mental health?
10: It's amazing that people are super excited to talk about their pain. Mm. Like that well, how do you is think the, that is? Because I feel when you are at work, you're being told what to do. Right. Right? When you're at church, the pastor is talking at you. When you are at school, you're being taught. Right? So we have very limited spaces to actually say what's really on our mind, like without having consequences. Right? And you may be in toxic relationships or a family that who just don't talk about stuff. It's so like all these people who live these lives every single day and they don't have the freedom or the comfortability. Because if I tell you my shit, I don't know. I don't know if I'm going to be cussing. I'm oh, sorry. Look, sorry like about now. that. <laughs> sorry about that. If I tell you my stuff, right, if I tell you my stuff, I'm not so sure that you're going to hold it and protect it without judging me. So we just right. hold our stuff. Right. I create safe spaces for you to talk, non-judgmental. Mm-hmm. limit our ego and our implicit bias, biases. And and we're here to serve you. So the star of these events is no longer the artist. It's the people in the conversation.
5: So before we we close out of this segment, um, what would you say to someone who's in a similar situation who wants to have a real conversation Mm -hmm. with their family? So knowing the backlash that they'll get, how do they start that conversation? I
10: would say find somebody within the family that you trust because someone asked me how do you build community find somebody that accepts you for who you are find someone that you feel safe with and that's how you build community you find somebody that accepts you and you feel safe then you can start that conversation because they're accepting everything that comes with you start there find that Perfect one person start. yeah
5: and then where can we find you online
10: so you can find me on Instagram at uh, coffee hip hop and mental health You can also uh, find me at Christopher Lamarck, which is Christopher, how you spell it, and L-E-M-A-R-K. And you can also check us out online at dot com.
5: And we'll be sure to tag this on our Facebook, our Instagram as well. You are tuned in to WVON 1690, The Kendall Moore Show. We will be back. We have some more extra special guests who have just joined us, so don't touch that dial. We'll be back.
9: Kendall Moore on the Talk of Chicago, 1690 WVON.
1: Early one Sunday morning,
7: breakfast was on the table. There was no time to eat, she said to me hurry to Sunday
2: school. Fill with All right, welcome all back. 1690 AM glory. WVON. You know what, Sandy? Do not get mad at me about the beds and the story. songs. This is so appropriate for the
5: topic. Thanks. Hopefully, uh, I don't break down in the ugly cry, but I do. You know what? It's
2: fault. Jared's fault. That's it's all fault. I'm going to do. <laughs> 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 <I don't laughs> it's our fault. It's, it's our good. fault. You know, I didn't even pick that
6: one though, but it was just on the list. That song Uh, is the ideal perfect mom that everybody thinks. It is.
5: It is. Shout out to my mom. Shout out to all the mothers. We are back, as you can see, it is W V O N 1690, the Kendall Moore show. The lit crew is in the building. And we will be giving, we will be doing our turkey giveaway at the top of the eight o'clock hour. So make sure you keep it locked in. Thanksgiving is right around the corner. You want to make sure you get that turkey. Free turkey isn't uh, a bad idea. So <laughs> stay locked in. We are continuing this conversation about family secrets, specifically black adoption and foster care. Christopher Lamarck just left the studio sharing his amazing story of just growing up uh, in foster homes with family. Um, and so our two new guests that we have in the studio, we are joined by Kevin Anthony Johnson. He is a speaker, author, life coach, and fellow adoptee. Shout out. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and we also have Megan Sims back in the studio. I feel like we can call you a friend of the uh-huh. show now because you have been on more than once. Uh, but she is joining us today. Uh, as a program manager through Aunt Martha's, and she is also an adoptee uh, who was adopted by her grandmother. So thank you both both for joining us tonight, getting into this conversation. Um, Kevin, I know you are fresh off the plane. Where'd you fly in from? Came in from Detroit. From Detroit, Detroit. D-Town? D. town right, Megan fresh in from traffic, Chicago yes. traffic, <laughs> crazy. Chicago traffic, yes. But y'all made it for this important conversation, and... Kevin, I want to start with you. Um, A little bit different from Chris's story. You were actually adopted, um, but can you tell us how, I guess to the best of your ability, as much as you know of your story, um, how that came to be for
12: you? Wow, okay. Um, Well, I was always curious because I was an only child until uh, roughly about six. And um, my mom could not have kids. She lost like three kids in a row. And so she saw me literally on a TV commercial for adoption Mm. and decided, hey, asked her husband, can we adopt a kid? They went down literally Mm. that week. And when they were looking through the, I guess it was like a catalog at the time. (laughs) uh, They're looking through, thumbing through the pictures and my mom was like, hey, is that the kid I saw in the commercial? Yeah, that is. Great memory. So she literally saw me on TV. So you've just
5: been destined for media, TV, radio. Like, this is your life path. I can't avoid
12: it. Yeah, exactly. No matter how hard I try. So, and then uh, I was curious because as I grew older and cousins and family experiences, I started to ask this question, like, why don't I look like everybody? Mm. So you always had an inkling. In a dark-skinned family, uh, yes. Well, it it wasn't subtle. It, it wasn't subtle. It does happen, yeah. but yeah. Yeah, there's and, anomaly and every now and dips. then, right? Yeah. yeah <laughs> and when I was 11, I was like, okay, that's enough. My brother doesn't look like me. My cousins don't look like me. You don't look like me. I'm changing. I'm getting my puberty on. And I'm like, I don't look like none of y'all. What's you out on? here I'm look here? like Albie Shore. be sure. right, It was right. like a cognitive dissonance that it just wasn't making sense to me that mm. I'm a part of this family. And that's when they told me. And, um, and I've been on this search and journey ever since then.
5: Wow. wow. So you found out at a, a fairly young age. Mm-hmm. How how did you react at the time?
12: Uh, I mean, as an 11-year-old, I didn't have too much emotional capacity to process what that really meant. But it helped me understand why I felt the way that I felt. Because mm-hmm. you know, there's, a, there's a pervasive thing around adoption, and that's that adoptees feel like they've been lied to their whole life. Mm-hmm. And it's true in a way because they've told you that you belong to this family. And cognitively you say, okay, I agree with that. But then all the other data and how people tend to treat you, even if they treat you with all kinds of love, is you still feel a little different. You still feel Mm -hmm. a little different. And
5: I can speak to that too. So I just found out I was adopted last year. So the first 38 years of my life I had absolutely no clue. Like, you could not have paid me to think that that was even a possibility. But after learning about it, it gave so much context to my life. And one of the first things that I thought was, wow, I'm not crazy. (laughs)
1: Like,
5: all the feelings that I was having, whatever little doubts, just this inexplicable feeling like it made everything make sense.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
5: wow. And so even... You know, I'm sure people might keep adoption in the family a secret for a number of reasons. Maybe they feel like, well, this child is ours now. We don't need to talk about the past because you are one of us now. Mm -hmm. But genetically, from the DNA, like there's still some things that are going on that – are still important. You can't just erase that part right. of exactly. the
12: history. Exactly. And also there's some science behind the separation, that, yeah. that even at the beginning when we are separated from our mother, there is a, uh, a trauma that occurs in an infant. And it's uh, we're in the what's called a hypnagogic state, which means we can't filter what's right or wrong. We can't filter what's true. We just know something. something. And that data is yep. in it us. Yeah. It's in us. And so from that point forward, we know internally, somehow implicitly, that we've been separated from something. We just don't know what that is. Mm. And that attaches itself to our worldview. And everything from that point forward, there's this hint of yes. I, I don't know where I fit in yes. or an untethered sense.
6: And I guess that's why they would not uh, tell you mm-hmm. that you were adopted. So you wouldn't have those problems, but you organically it happens anyway, form yeah. it anyway. And,
5: yeah. So we're going to go to the phone lines We have Alex on the line Which is kind of fitting My mom's name was Alexandria So <laughs> Alex, how are you?
3: I'm great you guys How are you doing?
5: We're doing good Thank you for tuning in and listening What's on your mind? Yeah.
3: Thank you for taking my call So uh, my name is Alexandria O'Neal And I'm calling from San Francisco, California And I was calling because I'm actually doing um, a research endeavor On this topic and so I wanted to contribute and hopefully share a little bit about it if you guys Yes, please do. So my research topic is entitled um, Journey of Identity Development and Interracial Adopted Persons Perspective. And so distinctly what I'm doing is I'm taking black adult adoptees and they will be interviewed um, who were adopted and raised in black households as you guys have been mm-hmm. talking about. And discuss how this contributes to their identity development and overall well-being, which includes their mental health, um, but specifically through their narrative and perspective. And that, to me, is the most important aspect of my research because that is more often left out of the research findings and publications that you will will find out there right now.
5: Well, I want to say, Alexandria, thank you so much for calling in. I think the research that you're doing is just... I feel like it's next level because, uh, to your point, we don't read about that. We don't hear about that. So thank you for even just taking the time to make this a uh, focus of study. And thank you for calling in and sharing that with us. Um, If you stay on the line, maybe you can share some information with our producer. if, if you are looking for more black adoptees to participate, we can definitely share that out on our social media. But I want to jump in, and um, Megan, have you speak a little bit, because 11 years old was also a pivotal age for you. You were adopted by your grandmother, correct? My great-grandmother. Your great-grandmother. Mm-hmm. Now, how did that come about?
13: Well, my great-grandmother had me from the time that I was two months old until I was about 15 um but the adoption came about because um the whereabouts of my biological mother were unknown for a few years due to her addiction so my grandmother's my great grandmother's logic was even if she were to get herself together at that time she didn't want anyone to come in and disrupt the only home that we knew mm-hmm. so she adopted both me and my younger sister and was it something that was talked about in your
5: family um and it might be a little bit different since it was Within the family, but it, was it something that was just readily known, like, okay, we're with the great-grandmother now. She has officially adopted us.
13: Yes, the the actual adoption itself, yes. Prior to that, um, we were fostered, I think I was about maybe four or five, when I knew that something was different. I knew that, you know, that was my granny grand. Mm-hmm. Um, and I knew that my mom, you know, w- wasn't uh, in my life due to her situation. But when I started, uh, when I realized that we had involvement with foster care was uh, the letters kept coming to the house with the agency le- letterhead mm-hmm. that said Aunt Martha's. So I'm thinking, okay, we're getting a lot of letters. We got an aunt named Martha somewhere. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Perceptive and she, child. And she's, <laughs>
13: she's sending us letters right. every month. <laughs> And And how come the people won't show me the letter from Aunt Martha? Right. Right. So that, you know, then the people, the caseworkers would come to the house, and it's like, okay, well, is this Martha? Is this my, you know, my aunt? So um, I knew, you know, at a pretty young age that, you know, we were involved in the foster care system, and um, they were a contracted agency for DCFS, um, but they actually... um, help with managing the case, getting us the resources and benefits that we needed um, until up until my uh, granny decided to adopt us.
5: Powerful, powerful. Well, we are going to go to a quick break. Um, when we come back, we want to talk a little bit more about um, what is it like now as an adult trying to find and connect with birth family? And then, Megan, you actually um, – as fate would have it, have come to work with Aunt Martha. So yes. we definitely want to hear more about your role as a program manager working with foster youth. So don't touch that dial. You are tuned in to the Kendall Moore Show, WVON 1690. We will be back in a minute.
9: He's hot. He's mannish. But it gets no realer than him. Kendall Moore. Radio for the next generation. On the Talk of Chicago, 1690 WVON.
1: Shin' no light on me. You send me someone who really loves me and not just my body. He keeps me happy. So very happy and loves me. I don't know how to be.
5: It's been a long time since I have you are tuned in to the Kendall More show. WBON 1690. We are back in the studio with very special guests, Kevin Anthony Johnson, Megan Sims, and of course, Will from the Lit Crew. We are Mm -hmm. talking about uh, National Adoption Awareness Month, specifically Black Adoption, um, Foster Care and Family Secrets. And I love the song that we just led in with because I just want to thank God for being adopted. You know, like... Mm -hmm life could have gone absolutely a completely different yeah. way. Do you ever feel that way? Do you think about it from that standpoint? Like, man.
12: Well, it, so I met my birth brother, half-brother, about five years ago. And when he told me his story, he was literally a drug dealer at 18. And that's when I was born, when he was 18 years mm. old. And at the time, my mom was living in a, a one-bedroom studio uh, one-bedroom apartment uh, in Toledo in a project and uh, with five other children in mm. the same space. Wow. Mm. So she kept my preg- her pregnancy a secret from everyone. And the only person who had a hint was my older brother who saw her leave and was suspicious, like, she looks like she's pregnant. Now, I don't know how she hid that for nine, ten uh, months. Yeah,
5: yeah.
1: But
12: she managed no one knew. So finding out... Um, you know, that that, that's what the origin story was, that Mm -hmm. she, and and knowing now, she just didn't have the capacity to have another child. I mean, there wasn't any room. There wasn't any more resources. Mm -hmm. There wasn't anybody helping her. You know, and then where I ended up with my family that raised me, they put me through private school. They put me through college. They they, they gave me all the, the mm. foundational stuff that made me who I am today. They raised me in a very strict Pentecostal environment, <laughs> which I'm thankful for um, most of the time. Uh, but it's it's been a journey that I would not have been on had my mother not given me up. And so that's that's everything.
5: Did your family talk about... Um, did the larger family talk about your adoption, or was it something that was just kind of secret? Like, we don't need to talk
12: about this. Well, you mean the, the family that you, Yes, yeah, so your your fam- Yeah, yeah. Um, well, it wasn't spoken of, I mean, if I wouldn't have asked about it, it wouldn't have been talked about. Mm-hmm. And even after I knew, it wasn't something that anybody, no, no extended family, no cousins, no aunts, no uncles, they didn't talk about it like I was adopted even though I always knew that that's how they treated me. Once I knew, I understood why they treated me the way that they did. Mm. So it wasn't like they could hide it, but there was no language for it. And, um, and they just treated me as if I was one of the family. And, you know, it, it, it never really impacted those relationships as much as it impacted me. Mm-hmm. Because I didn't feel like I fit. Yeah. And it was a visual dissonance. It just, it, I never felt like I looked like anyone else around me. But the day that I met my, my older brother and I saw his face, hmm. Matt, let listen. me tell you, <laughs> <laughs> I knew I, yeah. would, I had an anchor. Yeah, And it had nothing to do necessarily with him as much as the identification of my own identity yes. with someone else who looks like me, who has the same mom. Wow. Yeah. That's how I felt the first time meeting
5: my sister. It was like looking in a mirror. Like, to this day, it still freaks me out Mm -hmm. because we look so much alike. And so when you meet somebody for the first time who really looks like you, um, because growing up, people would always say, you look just like your mom. Mm -hmm. And, of course, now when I think about it, I laugh because I'm like, well.
1: Hmm. Yeah. Yeah.
5: (laughs) But, you know, you would always hear that growing up. But to actually see somebody Mm -hmm. who looks like you, like, it – it, it's hard to explain what It, it is feels because like. most
12: people don't have that experience. They yeah. grow up in an environment where they look at their mom or they look at their dad and they see themselves or some aspect of themselves there. But the first time you do it, for the first, really, it, it's like I never knew I could feel this way. Mm-hmm. And you, literally there's never been that kind of emotion that's been generated because that experience never happened. And it's just a very powerful transformative moment for me. So mm-hmm. so what were their
6: attitude with your parents? Now, what were the attitudes when they had to admit? How, how was the attitude uh, when they, or the atmosphere when they had to admit that mm-hmm. you were adopted? Because it's like you know, right? Did they say, well, son, let's sit down. You know, uh, your mom's an actress named Charlize Theron. <laughs> right.
12: And, uh, you know. <laughs> right. You know what I mean? Well, I think the, the – so my dad was uh, – both of my parents are deceased, by the way, at this mm-hmm. point, okay. um, both birth and adoptive. And, uh, so my father called me something from a very young age when he was angry and he would call me a ward of the state.
5: <gasps> he said that? All the time. Hmm.
12: But as a kid, what the hell did that mean to me? I mean, I, I don't know what that means. Right. When I grew older and remembered some of those moments, I knew hmm. I felt kind of weird cause you weren't calling me son, but I understood that he had a disdain because he didn't have me. I, I wasn't really his son. Oh, wow. mm. and, and he wanted a son. So when my younger brother was born, naturally, he you know, leaned more towards him because that was really his blood son. Uh, when my mother told me about the adoption, she did it in a very resigned way, as I remember, and it was more of a, like a guilty resignation that I figured it out. You know, so it was almost like she got caught. Mm-hmm. Um, but then again, we never really talked about it since then. So mm-hmm. it, it, it got silenced until she was a week away from passing. And, um, and in the conversation I was having with her, I spent a week with her before she died. And uh, she told me more about the, the framework around that, ex- that adoption experience that she experienced. And uh, she told me secrets that I didn't even know about up until that point about what she knew about who my parents were and what she knew about the context for everything. Um, and that was a redemptive experience between her and I because even though she told me, she was sti- I knew she was still holding on to things that she wasn't telling me. She actually made me promise to not look for my parents until after she passed away, mm. uh, which I felt was also a kind of a stab to me because I really wanted to know much sooner. I had to wait till I was 29 years old to start looking you uh, think she didn't 11, want 29.
6: her? She didn't want you to love them
12: more than I think. There's a lot there. I mean, you think about uh, a mom who couldn't have her own kids, adopts a child, then has a child, and then has to admit that she wasn't able to have a child. To me, you know, so th- there's a lot of dynamics there mm-hmm. around shame, and mm-hmm. you know, our communities, you know, riddled with that kind of that kind of stuff. We avoid the difficult conversations because it hurts. Mm-hmm. to admit that we weren't able to do something that we thought we should naturally be able to do. And there's a lot of pain around it. And and yet, the more she shared, the more we healed as a, as a mom and a, and a son. And so when she passed away, there was nothing left between us. She actually shared all of the stuff that she knew about it. And I felt like I had a real person-to-person relationship with her by the time she was uh, ready to go.
5: Megan, wow. what was it like for you um, growing up? Did you ever feel um, even though that was your great-grandmother, you were in your family, did you ever feel different than um, compared to other
13: family members, other cousins, or anything like that? Um, I would say yes, because everybody else had their mom. So that it was, they were raised, you know, by their mom. And I would always wonder, like, well, why everybody else, you know, raised by their mom? Why I couldn't have my mom? You know, that type of thing. But um, I feel like overall... Um, my great grandmother did an amazing job with um loving and nurturing and supporting that's something that I definitely do not feel that I lacked um even though my mom was not around I also you know take into consideration my father was not around either so I actually didn't meet my father my biological father until I was 20. So, um, and that's, you know, to touch on family secrets, it was one of the things when I was about seven or eight, I was told that he was deceased. Mm -hmm. And then to find out as as an adult, he's not deceased, he's very much alive. And not only, you know, did I get a chance to meet him, I found out I had siblings. So about three years ago, I actually met my siblings. So Mm -hmm. I met my siblings on my dad's side and I met my stepmom and I, you know, develop a good relationship with my dad, with my siblings, my stepmom, nieces, nephews, etc. So I feel like kind of similar to, you know, what you were saying, all of this happened after my granny passed away. So I was still able to um, connect with the other part of me. But it was in in the right time and in in the right space. Because by me and my siblings being adults, we could kind of make our own Mm -hmm, decisions mm -hmm. for our own relationships because the adults were involved in the situation. It, It wasn't about them anymore.
5: What does healing look like for both of you, if both of you can answer that? Now, as an adult, just processing certain things that happened growing up, like, what does your healing process look like now?
13: Um, well, for me, I would say initially it was, it was therapeutic. You know, I had to, you know, get some therapy, get some counseling with a lot of things that I experienced in my life, but also too, um, due to, um, a lot of things that I've experienced, um, in my life, I would say for me, setting boundaries was healing for me. I realized that just because these are your blood relatives does not mean that they that you have to have a relationship with them if it's toxic and it's not positive. So since I've done that, I feel that I'm in a much better space, particularly for me. When I decided about a year and a half ago to share my story, I received a lot of backlash from my family. Mm -hmm. But I, you know, when going into it, I said, well, I can hold my story in, or I can share my story and help other people. And what meant more to me was helping other people versus remaining silent. Yes. Powerful.
12: thank you Kevin I, I think the thank you for sharing that that, that was beautiful I think um, healing for me uh, was the closing of a loop that that I've been living with my entire life mm. and um, I've I've since since 2015 I've also been reunited with my my father's side of the family this year mm. uh, through 23 and me um, mm. thank you 23andMe.com. <laughs> um and Come to find out that my sister, my half-sister, uh, and the brother that I met in 2015 both live in Austin. And I just happened to be going to Austin for South by Southwest this year. And I get this alert from 23andMe uh, saying, you have a paternal half-sister, which I didn't even know. When, there was no indication on my birth certificate of who the father was. So that was Kevin, just I hate to influence. cut
5: you off on the cliffhanger. We're going to pick that back up after Deal. the break. <laughs> Um, You are tuned in to the Kendall Moore Show, WVON 1690.
9: More after the break. The Talk of Chicago is 1690 WVON, Sherwin, Chicago.
8: You're listening to Kendall Moore, Radio for the Next Generation. On the Talk of Chicago, 1690
1: AM, WVON we We all play a part, we all
10: got something to say add more time and the world night fight back it's in our ways our impact so crucial so great we all play a part we all got something to say same song same
0: one different day we always triumph in the world well i hate fight us be like us people yesterday Had today and more to today
10: and more to today same song, same one, different day. We always triumph in a world full of hate.
1: Bygones be bygones. guns, not focus yesterday. Add more to today. Add more to today. Time to add more to our
10: day. The this a nightcap. We fight back. It's in our ways. Oh, so I, I So crucial, so great. We all play a part. We all got something to say. Time to add more to our day. The this a nightcap. We fight back. It's in our ways. So crucial, so great, we all play a part, we all got something to say. Time to add more can do it's a nightcap, we fight back, it's in our ways. I impact so crucial, so great, we all play a part, we all got something to say.
2: Time to add more to our day, Kindle. This is nightcap, we fight back, it's in our ways. I impact so crucial, so great, we all play a part, we all got something to say. All right, folks, welcome back. Seven minutes after the hour, of course, we stream live, triple When you hear that music, you know it is time for the Lit Roundtable. But before we get this, man, Sandy, the... Wasn't that powerful? Who, wait, Now, you know, like, this is a Friday night show. Man. And I know people who are at home <laughs> with, uh, with their fingers in their eyes. Man. Do you know how much... I, I, first of all extremely therapeutic. Yes. And I know it 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 resonated and it it has stirred up uh some feelings in certain people. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I would be the first one to admit and raise my hand. Yeah. I ain't going to get into my personal business right now. Um but it absolutely did. So I want to thank both of our guests here yes, today uh you. for sharing that uh with the, uh with, with us. Yes. So so uh I mean, Sandra, uh let you close it out?
5: Yes. So, you know, thank you for First of all, just being brave enough to come on air and talk about this, because I know it's already difficult enough to just talk about it off the air uh, with family. So thank you for just putting it out in the open. Where can we find you all online to continue this conversation or to get into the other things that you have going on? Because, of course, being adopted isn't the only piece of your story. Mm -hmm.
13: Well, for me, um, you can find me on um, Instagram and social and um, Facebook. Um, my usernames for both are Meg, M-E-G-V-T-H-E-E, Scholar.
5: I love that name. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs>
13: she is a scholar, y'all. Absolutely. Meg the Scholar.
12: Um, and I, I'm, uh, I'm on Instagram as uh, Coach KJ and uh, on Twitter as well and Facebook as Kevin Anthony Johnson. Um, and to your point, it gets easier the more we tell yes. the story. Yes, and That's, and I, that's where the That's the
5: take-home point tonight. It gets easier as we talk about it. Mm-hmm. So thank you. Thank you both for being on. Blessing the WVON family, and we got to have you all back.
2: We absolutely do. Yeah. It's absolutely a better. necessity. Thank you guys for both for, uh, for being here. Thank Thanks you. Thanks for having us. All right, folks, before you uh, t- touch that dial, the Advantage Toyota Turkey Race is coming up after the break. You'll have a chance to play. In just a moment, so don't touch the dial. What we are going to do is start the turkey race after this uh, next commercial, and it's being brought to you by Advantage Toyota River Oaks in Calumet City at 1970 River Oaks Drive. we return in a moment. Ooh, yeah.
1: All right,
5: we're going to run in the hallway, take our photos.
2: Oh, as a matter of fact, we're not leaving. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry about that. I, I, yeah, we're, We we're,
5: lied. Look, radio <laughs> secrets. We lied. We, we absolutely <laughs> did. Okay.
2: Yeah, yeah. Snafus foods happen sometimes. <laughs> Psych. <laughs> no worries. I think we're, we're taking a break now. How about that?
8: Getting you from your work week to your weekend. It's Kendall Moore Radio for the Next Generation.
10: and everlasting, not clashing, not at all but see my went to do a little acting That that's for anyone asking, give me one pass him, drip, drip, drop, there goes an orgasm now you coming out the side of your face, be tapping right into your memory bank, thanks so click the ticket, let's
6: see your seatbelt
10: and trunk rattling, like two midgets in the back seat rattling. speaker box vibrate the tag, make it sound like aluminum cans in a bag, but I know y'all wanted that 808, can you feel that B-A-S-S-B, but I know y'all wanted that 808, can you feel that B-A-S-S-B, alright, 16 bay.
2: minutes after the hour Wow. Welcome back to Lit Round Table. Here we go. Will's here, of course. Sandy, so dope. Whoop, so dope, Sandy. Netta Beretta is in the building. Hey, Netta. All right, so listen, folks. Um, earlier this week, of course, we communicate when we are not in the studio. And uh, the topic came up about men and birth control. I don't have a story directly <laughs> in front of me. But what I do recall from uh, <laughs> from that story... Uh, they want men on birth control. But before we get into that topic, <laughs> we got caller number 10 right now. Let's finish the turkey race thing. But I want to prep people and get ready. 312 374 8130 is the number to connect about that. We got a lot to talk about. Let's take our caller right now. L'Oreal Davis, how you doing?
7: I'm fine, sir. How are you, Kendall? I am well. So, uh, sir, thank you very much and happy Friday to you. Happy Friday and happy Thanksgiving and let me just say that that previous segment was compelling thank you it so was, very it was much. very well done thank you sir and uh, uh sandria uh,
2: she's one of the co-hosts here at WVON uh, on the Kendall Moore show and she's sitting right here so thank you that
7: we
5: yes i yeah. truly appreciate it
7: i that. want to yeah kudos to you for putting that together and uh the guest that was incredible and you know what it's the it's it's the one subject that black folk just don't want to talk
2: about mm. it. yeah yeah
7: you know and what thank I- you for bringing that to the to the attention of the community i know it's uncomfortable but it's real
5: true that true that thank you so thank you. much thank you
2: very much uh, brother laurel all right so you're the 10th caller and that means you get to play the advantage toyota turkey race and here are the rules and all you have to do is pick the correct Advantage Toyota vehicle and driver, and you'll win a turkey from Advantage Toyota in Calumet City. Here are the cars and the drivers. Driving the Avalon is Reverend Al the Perm Sharpton. Driving the Camry is Art Chat Daddy Sims. Driving the Corolla is Todd Stroger. Driving the Forerunner is Kimberly Agoin. Driving the Highlander is Mays Jackson. Well, send it for the black people. Driving the Prius is Perry Small is what they call it, y'all. Driving yeah. the RAV4 is Lynn Richardson. And the driving the Supra is my man, Matty Matt McGill. Now, Brother Larell, what car and driver are you picking? And make sure you pick the right one. Tell me who, who it is that you're picking, and then we're going to start the race.
7: It's the one and only Perry Small. Perry Small is what they call it, y'all. Let's go, Jared. It's, it's
8: time, time for the Advantage Toyota, Toyota Turkey Race on the old track. The flag has been waved and check daddy in the, the Camry takes an early lead. In front, front of the ground favorite very Small in the previous. In the previous. Lynn, Richardson Lynn Richardson is following, following closely in the round four with Todd to bringing up, up the, rear of the rear in the Corolla. Matt Jackson in the Highlander has pulled over to Adams Rams detail. Wow! But, but here comes Brett Powell in his Avalon battling for first position alongside Maddie Madden and Supra and Kimberly going in the forerunner. Will be a close one.
1: one. And the, the winner, winner is. Perry Small. Yeah!
9: Yeah!
7: Yeah! yeah! yeah you lit.
2: You got yeah. it, Brother LaBrell. You are a winner, and you yeah. will receive a turkey from our friends at Advantage Toyota River Oaks in Calumet City. Whoa.
7: Man, look at that. You got that bird. How you going to cook that bird, man? Um, hmm. <laughs> I've thought about doing it Cajun style. I thought that would be interesting. That sounds good. Yeah, I think I'm going to do the Cajun. Yeah, If I had a deep fryer, I would fry it with the peanut oil, but I'm going to... I think I'm going to do Cajun style. All right, all right. it well,
5: in rails house. There
7: it is. There it is. Thank you. The whole team will be there. Absolutely. Well, listen. Thank you. Thank you for
2: uh, checking us out on Friday nights. And congratulations, yes, man. We certainly appreciate thank your support in you. WVON. Hold on. We're going to make sure that we get some more information for uh, yes, from sir. you, so we can make sure that you can properly uh, properly retrieve your bird.
7: Uh, thank you, sir. And again, thank you for incredible topics this evening thank you very much
9: Ooh-wee. yeah he said it what i thought you knew don't you dare touch that dial it's kendall moore radio for the next generation on the talk of chicago 1690 wvon
1: All right, uh, feel
2: good, feel good will. Feel good Friday. Uh, feel good Friday. 25 minutes after the hour, of course, Kendall Moore Show. If it's trending, then it's Kendall. All right, congratulations to our brother Lorel for winning the turkey. Laurel, we're going to make sure that we take you up on that. We will be to your house for occasion turkey dinner.
5: Occasion turkey. On
2: Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving is right around the corner.
5: I'm ready. I'm ready to eat. Yeah, yeah. Maybe
2: we should be talking about something about Thanksgiving versus, since, since, you know, the Thanksgiving show should be, versus, Mm -hmm. oh, Netta, we're back to the. I'm trying to
3: get out of it. I am trying to get Uh out of it.
2: So, men and birth control, that's what we were talking about, yes. right? Yes. Never. Now, Naya wants to chime in.
5: So, here's the thing, though. Like, women, you know, we get shots, we get implants, diaphragms, pill, all the things yep. for contraception. Y'all can't try this one little shot? The,
2: the, Just, the, no, it's a no.
5: It's you a can't die. even do that, <laughs> Jared, please. Why Can why I is hear it you no, It
2: is a <laughs> hell no. Oh, okay. Thank you very much. So, and I second I, I <laughs> that. What's up, Naya? Why is it a no? First of all, and then second of all.
5: Oh, those but are but
6: good points. To <laughs> me, it's like where they shooting it at. They shooting it there. I'm
5: it's like, like I, no. I, I oh, they I shooting red, it there? No, I thought it, it was red. Like it, it was in your groin or something. Exactly. Not, not in
1: yeah, your junk.
5: In like in
2: the area. In the groin. That's too uh, ladies close. and gentlemen, just in case in you in don't know facility. what we're talking about, Uh-oh. uh recently uh, uh, uh there was a report that was re- released that they now have the capability of providing men with birth control. So, you know, what happens is the man is given a shot that prevents them from being able to impregnate a woman. Mm -hmm. Here is my thought and theory behind that. First and foremost, we're becoming extinct. Black men, period, point blank. Why in the world are they trying to take something else away from us to be able to
5: procreate?
6: I can think of a few numbers. Margaret sense. Sanger revisited.
5: Oh. It's not a permanent thing, though. So yes.
6: just it's thirteen years.
4: Thirteen years.
5: That is so. Wonderful. So if I'm forty, mm-hmm. then well, I'm then fifty-three. Jerry, where are
4: you at with this? Man, look, I'm not even an advocate of women taking birth control. I I know the side effects and the different yeah. things that come along with it is. birth control. No, I and I it. and I stopped telling women to take birth control almost ten years ago. It's no good for them, you know. It it, it definitely. Mm-hmm. affects the body in a negative way and I and I know that from studying women so imagine putting myself in that situation you, you're not going to have me <laughs> go, going ball and losing uh, a woman to say losing my edges and all this extra stuff because of a shot. No, I'm good. I could just pull out.
2: I just wanted to go back to you saying yes. that you studied women. <laughs> oh, I
1: didn't say I, I, studied, I, I, that didn't that. I studied women. I didn't say I studied birth control. I said I studied no, birth control. I, studied
4: birth control, control. I didn't no, say women. No, I no, you said control. you studied women. Well, I meant to say I studied birth control. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. I'm he got sorry a PhD. for the miss. <laughs> I'm sorry for the misconception. I I I birth control, did y'all
2: hear? Did you, did you guys hear uh, Jared's commercial about uh, uh 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 the sexiest guy in the world? He was on Chat Daddy's show. Oh, Okay. Yeah, that too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He had a whole commercial about that, too. Uh Anyway, so getting back to this. Men and birth control, though, like, real talk. Neta, where you at with
5: it? I think, I mean, what's good for the goose is good for the gander. It's not (laughs) about a
2: male-female thing. It
5: is, though, because the onus has been on women all this time. time. You get pregnant and it's your fault. No matter that both of you laid down, both of you had unprotected sex, but it's the woman's fault. Stop
2: snapping your fingers, Naya.
5: Because she got knocked up. (laughs) Right? So let y'all take a little bit of I, this I just don't agree
1: with like, like why if is, it. Like, can don't agree it, it, it. We
5: we got to take the y'all we taking gotta pills. We got to get the pills. We getting a implants. implants. They we, implant women have birth stint. control shots, too. We give yeah, birth to the child. Mm-hmm. See,
6: here's here's my theory with that. It's just another way to stop black people. And I'm going to say it. I don't care. It's another way to stop black people from multiplying. I mean, this no isn't just for black people, though. We statistically stay at the same number. For the last 20 years, 40 years. How do you do that? So it's a plot. It's a conspiracy. Well, this I'll isn't
5: the black birth control pill for
1: men. A <laughs> this is uh-huh. just uh-huh. the birth control uh-huh. for but us. who they're
5: going to give
2: it to, though, Sandy. Come, yeah. come on, let's be real. And, and, How many non-African-Americans are going to get the shot? And sooner yeah, or later, they're going to, just the, way, the same way that they mandate people to go to the to the, the armed forces or mandate people to get immunizations, we're moving towards that.
5: I mean, but it's, it's
2: mandatory for you to get a flu shot. The flu get shot get ain't working for you. For
5: they haven't made birth control mandated for women. Mm-hmm. We have a choice whether we take it. So I don't think it's going to go to that extreme. So one
6: day I want to talk about that choice thing because I know it's controversial. But I've had some experience with those choices that women get. I've been in the room with some of those choices that they give women. Okay, so now you get the choice, right? And how they explain that choice to you?
7: My thing.
2: I mean, is I've made. I'm just Not feeling that the women are <laughs> acting like.
6: They just want
2: us to be. They want us, you know, what? Because they had to do it, with it for so long. I, don't, I honestly don't have there's a problem no, with it. There's no, there's but no scientific the
6: backing behind this. You get a shot in your groin, and you can't produce any child for 13 years. So I meet a woman of my, I meet, I, I meet the love of my life. Two years later, and baby, we gotta wait. 11 years. Oh, is and that she's the love 13 of
5: your life. years? She's going to be a love of your life no, in No, that's more not years. true. No, they need but to to 40, if you're 40, if are 40, then you
2: got to
6: wait
5: till you're 53. It I mean, don't make not me. So if work. you're a young so guy at 20 years, and you want to get on out there. Yeah. But this is the first instance that they've come up with something that can be used. So they need so to, to tweak it. it. They need to
1: work on it. I don't, want to, be, I don't want to be part
6: of the first
9: Not
5: It's unreasonable. It is definitely a conversation that needs to be had that some of these men need to take responsibility. Like, what if it was a patch? You know, like... But if the patch
2: going to make you, if it's still 13 years, it's 13 years. Well, no, but not
5: 13 years. It's a patch and it's similar to how it works for women.
2: They already have birth control for men. It is called Da, 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 da. A, condom. A, condom. a condom.
5: Men don't want to wear condoms. condoms.
2: They, that would there be you great. go. It's called a condom. That would Women be great. make the men, men wear condoms.
5: That would be great. But have you ever heard of stealthing? Oh, stealth. What is it called? Stealthing. stealthing when you think he has one on, but he took it off. What's the name of that? Stealthing. stealthing. So you oh. go stealth. You secretly oh. take off the condom. So or you pretend oh. to put it on and don't. Who really would put do it on? that? A lot of people. Lot. Not that's I. I would not. I would not do so
6: low, good sir. Men do. Do to participate in such evil Absolutely. Men do Not it. Me.
5: What type it's of what? It's a whole what? thing. Stealthing. Google it. Yes. Stealthing? Yeah. Yes, it's That's a thing. That's what they call it. Yep. It's a word for it and everything. <laughs> that, that lets you know it's done often enough that often. they had to have a vocabulary. Right, there's a word for it. Yeah. Stealthing. Yes. So you think they're trying
6: to get the woman pregnant?
5: Oh yeah, or well, or, or just uh, no. To, no so like why would a man pregnancy. take off the condom? Because it feels better. He right. wants the sensation. She's pushing back like, "No, we need to be protected," whatever, but he yeah. wants sex the way he wants sex. He yeah. wants it without the condom. Yeah. Yeah. And so they'll pretend to put it on, or you know, slip take it off, it off yep. slip it off, so they can you know yeah. get it in how how they want to. But they don't tell their partner. They don't give the woman that choice to say, okay, we can we don't have to use it this one time. Like no, they just do it unbeknownst to her. And, and so now she's how am I pregnant? And she didn't know that he did that. And he don't want to take the birth control shot though. I, yeah, it's just well, the birth-
6: years—if <laughs> it was like a year or something like that, or two years. They're talking about 13 years.
5: Well, man. that's long. That's excessive. It is. That's
2: what no, I'm that, No, that's about.
6: a long time. So, but anyway, getting
2: back to the sex piece, though, with people stealthing. Mm. So, if you stealth, then you, the man himself puts himself at risk for an STD. But they're not, not thinking oh, about yeah. that. An STI. Yeah. For Mr. H-I-A. AHF,
5: they are not thinking like you. <laughs> they are not thinking
2: <laughs> about <HIV> that. A- <laughs> impregnating a woman. Like, mm-hmm. you don't want, if you, no.
5: no. But. Nobody's thinking like that. They are thinking about it feels and what age are men stealthing?
2: Can, can, can do we know? Do we have stats teens, twenties,
5: thirties, forties existing in the forties? Yeah, because men don't want to use for condu- the Especially sensation. a man who maybe you know, as you get older, maybe he's been married before, he's been in a long-term relationship, so he's used to having sex without a condom so mm-hmm. if he gets divorced or his wife passes whatever the situation might be he's coming back into the dating pool he wants to be you know sexually active date whatever but he's used to having sex without a condom
2: 312-374-8130 I want to hear from the people who are out there listening to this conversation right now uh, com. that's the website so you just brought up a, a very interesting question and I want to ask those who are listening right now women Men who get who you allow to you know make love to or you know have sex with is it necessary that they wear a condom? Mm. That's the question.
5: That's the question.
2: Drop the mic, boom! <laughs>
5: yeah.
2: Here we go. Let's go, Netta. Where we, ta- where we at?
5: Absolutely, absolutely. Because
13: the thing that I'm most afraid of is a disease that I can't get rid of. So there are people out here. You don't know what people are doing when they're not with you. So
5: whether it is somebody that you've been dealing with for a long time or somebody that you think that you trust, you have no idea what their sexual activity is when they're not with you. And nine times out of ten, they are not going to be honest with you about it because they know you won't be okay with it. Mm-hmm. So you better put on a condom because you're not about to give me something. A disease, a baby. I just know. I protect my body. I keep my body to myself. And if I decide to share with you, we have to have a mutual respect. Mm -hmm. Hold on. Sandy. So I'll start by saying I haven't always had protected sex. So I have had unprotected sex before. I've only had one pregnancy scare, thank goodness. Um, But nowadays it's a requirement because even beyond STIs, HIV, HIV, I do not like dealing with. I don't like yeast infections. Oh yeah. Mm. BV, bacterial vaginosis. Yeah, yeah. Um, Anything that throws off the pH, my ecosystem. I'm. I've had it up to here. Like Queen Latifah. Latifah's had it up to here. I have had it up to here. So I am just very. um, I'm more diligent now and vigilant about my vaginal health.
2: So what happens then when a man stealths either one of you? I'm not asking if it has ever happened, but what happened in those instances? That's
5: like a violation of trust. It's a total violation of trust. You will never, ever touch me again. How do women know? Hmm. know Like, how do you know if he's stealthy? you? You don't
13: necessarily know until it's too late.
5: You may not know because if If it's dark, he can pretend like, oh, he's, you know, slipping out. Let me run to the bathroom, you know, flush this, whatever. You may not know. Um. You'll find yeah. out after, the, you won't know before he did it. You'll know that it has been done. Whether you reach and, you know, see for yourself or after the fact, and you're like, wait, something's not right. Like I felt, <laughs> yeah, like I, I feel this way right, too strong. What's going on? <laughs> what's, yeah. But yeah. you won't know that he did it until it's already been done. And it's scary. It it's is. Scary. It's
2: very scary. It is, very, especially so it's a breach of trust. It, it and 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 back to your point: STIs, STDs, HIV. You know that that whole thing. Mm-hmm. And we merely started this conversation from uh, a man a being birth on, on birth control. Yes. But you know, it's all relative, though. Nonetheless, it is all. It, it's all relative. So it leads me to this next question.
9: Uh-huh.
2: <laughs> I'm, so, I'm sorry. I'm Keep a talk calling. show. I'm a, I'm a I'm a talk show host, right? Uh-oh. <laughs> So it leads me to the next question. Right? So we we're, we're in the season. We're, we're we're in the cuffing season. Mm-hmm. We are in, you know, the the boot up season. Mm-hmm. If a man does stealth and you've been dealing with him and he's been wearing condoms on the regular, do you do is it possible for you to continue?
5: Well, I'm sure for some women that could be an option, but it goes back to the trust piece. Like, Absolutely. dude, like you just Not even the fact that you did it, but it's like you did it intentionally without me knowing. Like, you deliberately made a conscious decision Mm -hmm. that you are going to do that. Absolutely. And that's problematic. You lied to me while we're being as intimate as, as it is possible to be intimate with somebody. We're at our most intimate moment. And you lied to me during that moment. So, if you're gonna lie to me that with that about my body I, you're not giving me a choice, what else will you lie to me about and then it brings up how many times have you done this before right mm. what else will you do to me if you'll not give me a choice about my body in the midst of our in act? The, yeah so no, he's cut off
2: all right, which leads me to my next question. <laughs>
5: I mean, because how no, would you feel right. as men, if you're dating a woman, she tells you she's on the pill and she's, you know, you've asked her explicitly. She said, yeah, I'm, I take the pill. And so y'all are having sex. Y'all decide to have unprotected sex on a regular basis because you believe she's on the pill and then you find out that she's not. How do you feel about that?
2: So her being not meaning that she's pregnant now.
5: Yeah.
2: Okay. Listen to what you just asked. So, you telling me that you're on a pill and now you're pregnant, how do you think we should feel?
4: And that happens way more than stealthing.
1: Yeah. <laughs> 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 yeah. Right. Have you studied that? Uh, no, 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 no. Have you studied it? You studied
7: no, it? it? no, but that's, that's real, what though. How do you condom?
5: think? I mean, and That's bring, true, too. That, how would that's
9: you feel finding out? How would you feel finding out that she
5: punctures your condom? Oh, that's another one. It's like the same thing. You Unless think that should be a sperm. An took, took, uh, athlete, took the, took the condom to afterwards, that. took the sperm, maybe artificial insemination, whatever it is. Like somebody did something with your body that you did not authorize. How would you feel about that?
2: Absolutely violated. Mm-hmm. I would. I would.
5: So would you deal with her after that?
2: Well, there's some legal things that I'm sure <laughs> yes. that are in place uh, yeah. that would allow me to uh, take legal actions. If mm-hmm. in fact something like that happened, but it leads me to my next question.
1: Okay. <laughs> He's like, I got a
2: question. Sister wives, right? Oh. So, how do we avoid? <laughs>
1: <laughs> this we, took
2: uh, a turn. Did, no, no, it did cause... not. It did not. It did not take a turn. It did not.
5: I, I don't. No, I, it I took a turn. this. <laughs> I don't know. I...
2: Sister i've been i've been hearing this concept thrown around loosely on the internet I don't, I'm, yeah. I'm just trying to connect the dots here we
5: need we might need a special in studio guest who can speak to that T- like, to Sister, wife? yes
2: will, <laughs> will you've been quite a quiet over there I'm just
5: right. taking it in i mean <laughs> i'm taking it in how do y'all feel about brother husbands? Brother, husbands. <laughs> brother husbands if it's okay to have a sister wife can we get a brother husband Hell no! <laughs> <laughs> now Gina, that's a, get out, yeah, yeah. No, okay.
4: Jerry, where you at with the sister wives, man? I'm still tripping on. I don't even know how we got to sister wives. Right? How did we get here? But um, I think you know it's different strokes for different folks. Some people can <laughs> different do strokes. it. Some people <laughs> can't. And um, I don't know. I guess I had to you know ride that wave to give right. you a personal experience. <laughs> hey. I've never did it personally because I know traditionally you know women don't like to share. So I, you know, I'm going to just, I'm going to leave it at that.
2: No, sister wives is a common theme
4: right now. Right. And I mean,
2: like, real talk. And I don't even have my computer in front of me so I can pull up the, the statistics. But with the younger generation, mm-hmm. not only are sister wives a norm, but uh, being non-binary, it's a norm. So they don't, you know, when I say they, I'm talking about the zeners and the younger right. generation. And I'm even talking about some of the older, uh, the, the older generation as well. Um. Uh,
5: I mean, everybody needs protected sex. You know what I mean? Whether it's, you know, non-binary, like whatever it is. And you don't want somebody lying to you. So if you are in a polyamorous relationship, communication is key to make something like that work. You need to know, okay, these are all the players involved. This is what the boundaries are. So I'm assuming there's conversations about, okay, when we're intimate with each other, how how do we handle that are we using protection are we not like there has to be conversation so you're not stealthing on people but you're having a conversation and you know what it is before you get in the bed because it's and then you have a choice that's right. the main thing you steal my choice when you stealth when you do things like that and you know what there's a lot of people out here that will be okay with the arrangement that you present yep. if you just if, if you present, present the arrangement some people are so afraid to hear no.
2: Snap, 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 snap. snap, right. snap. They're so
5: afraid to hear no, but they don't understand that this she is might say yes. She usually will say yes. That's just what happens. And you so busy being scared, and you steal her choice. <laughs>
7: Jared, you're clapping.
5: Because he knows it's true. <laughs> it's, true. Yeah. it's definitely true. Yeah, give people the choice.
6: All right, evolution. Yeah.
5: Sandy, is there, it no, is happening the
2: in the younger generation too? I mean, you just say, "Well, look, I'm, I'm you down for this? You, you, in? yeah. It's
5: that simple. Well, it's it's just that simple.
2: Like Can't way. nobody hear you? What are you saying,
1: Damn.
5: <laughs> man? If you build a rapport, there's a lot you can get done in the bedroom. <laughs> and she slides <laughs> and away. She <laughs> slides <laughs> the mic. Drops the mic. She <laughs> drops the <laughs> mic. <laughs> she drops mic. the
2: mic. Okay, got it. All right, yep. All right folks, we got to take a quick break. I got to uh, wipe my forehead because I'm sweating. <laughs> we're, we're talking. <laughs> Will is out. not even opening his mouth. I'm I'm, I'm going to assume then somebody's listening uh, that uh, uh, that Uh-oh. you what? don't need to open your mouth because no. you know you no, can I'm talk. Man. Or, or man. no, better yet, when we uh, turn the microphones off, <laughs> you'll give us a whole dissertation. That's what you no, do. Will no. is the best non-on-air air personality that we Thanks. have here at Thanks. WVON. <laughs> Folks, this is the more Show. We're back in a moment.
9: I just. Kendall Moore on the talk of Chicago, 1690 WVON. All right, 48
2: minutes after the hour. As we come up on this uh, 9 o'clock hour here, of course, on behalf of the Kendall Moore Show, we always appreciate you guys allowing us into your weekend. Every Friday night from 6 until 9, we are here Man, uh, what a show tonight! Like real, real talking. You know, we were talking about men and birth control, and then we stumbled. We stumbled upon at least I did. We got way into the weeds. Into the weeds on this. I never knew what stealthing was. And then, and then. You know, it was a dot, 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 and we connected it, and It was a dot, dot, dot. And then we
5: got to Sister Wives. I
2: know, and Jerry was like, Kendall, you fishing? Like,
5: no, no, <laughs> don't
2: say that. No, no, no. But really good conversation, uh, yes. you know, for a, for a Friday night, uh, yes. late night talk show. Um, the Stealth in Peace. There's more to that story. It has to be. Because yeah. when we went to break, you ladies were talking about something that I didn't know anything about. And, and so it's stealthing and, and the it's,
5: pull-out method or the it's rhythm. tipping. Method. Is it called tipping? Well, <laughs> Jared,
2: were you? A, were
5: you a, <laughs> is that the term, <laughs> tipping? Is baby. it called I'm tipping? I'm sure there's a more scientific called, term. But. D- d-
2: tipping. What is tipping? So
5: I don't know. <laughs> I think you just made that up. No, 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 no. no. That, that word <laughs> was used. She said he was a tip baby. T-
2: t- which means what?
5: So it wasn't like full penetration. It was literally just the, the head of the penis. That um, line they try to sell you when you're right. a teenager. I'm going to just, just put yeah. the,
2: the, the, the tip in. So apparently,
5: yes. grown yes. folks is doing but that. But you can get tip pregnant in. from that.
6: Hmm. I've never done that. I'm Ain't no tipping with me, man. Look.
5: <laughs>
7: okay, big dog. <McDonald's. laughs> ain't no tipping we at the restaurant. i have tip. You say, you, say, you, say, you say, no more conversation, Uh-oh. huh? No more Look conversation. Here. Shut Uh-oh. it down. Drop the bike. Uh-oh. Good night, everybody. Drive okay. home safely. That's
6: just safe what That's, that's, that's
4: how, how you feel, Will? Okay,
7: if Will? you Okay,
6: man. If, if you're going for it, go for it. Come <laughs> on, I know That's right. Yeah. I do all hey, that. Kendall. What's your, going um, on? They
4: actually have a, I Googled it. It's actually a whole definition for stealth. i like, this is really a thing. I had
2: no idea. You thought I was lying,
5: Jared. No, but I thought y'all
2: just gave
4: it like a a nickname or something. Like it's no, it's
5: stealthing. It's real.
4: I I had no idea.
5: I'm telling you, I I am I am but I didn't know what it was. But when back in the day, like if women, you know, like going back to the birth control point, so some women might purposely try to get pregnant to quote unquote trap a man. Stealthing can also be similar. Um, because some men do want to impregnate women, they want to keep her around, they want to hold on, so That's they real. might stealth, mm-hmm. or they they just do it because they don't want to use a condom. Selfish. They feel like she's going to say no, so they're just going to pretend mm. to use a condom.
1: Hmm.
5: Yeah. yeah, got it. It's real. Kendall, this look on, of concern on your face. It's real. It's real. <laughs> I know, I'm glad that this is your reaction. what are you? men I doing know, out it's here? A, it's a teachable moment for yeah, me. Yeah, I'm glad that's your reaction, because it's a horrible thing. to do a way. Way. Yeah. yeah.
6: Will said he's never In done NFL, that before. NBA uh, um, athletes have to deal with that, I suppose, so. In the everyday, guy. well,
2: that would be reversed though. That would right. be a and woman be... having the condom, right. giving it to him, right. And she's already cut a punctured hole in it or, it or a punctured yeah. it. On. Yeah. yeah, yeah.
6: You know. Well, I mean, look at
1: Will's
4: <laughs> like, I've "Ain't no tipping it, unless I'm never at a restaurant." It. I've never done it, so. <laughs> Will, hey, I'm just thinking about what we all said last week. <laughs> what did you say? We were talking about the conversation.
6: Oh yeah, I just want to have a conversation. Oh, oh. Like,
7: no, no,
4: no, no more no, conversation, no, huh? Oh, good right, right, right.
2: Look, it, I
6: mean,
2: hey. Speaking of last <laughs> week, though, uh, great time at Cliff Kelly's uh, yeah. at his oh, event. That was Amazing, so nice. yeah, yeah.
5: y'all were, y'all came dressed like y'all had on your team,
1: Everybody clothes. was
4: there. Everybody on the yes. team was there. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
5: That was Aww. so nice. Y'all really did a good thing for Yes, him. Give people their roses. It was so dynamic. While they,
2: why they why are they're here, they're here. here, here. Yeah.
5: it was so dynamic to hear the words from people of how he's impacted their yes. lives. It's just so amazing. Yeah, Cliff,
2: Cliff is an amazing guy. Mm-hmm. I mean, absolutely amazing. And and I heard there's some other things going on behind the scenes. When I got here to VON today. Mm-hmm. Uh, his producer was here because Cliff does a show on Saturdays. I, I believe it's, sa- it's Saturdays, right, Jared? For for the veterans, oh, okay. uh, for the veterans.
4: American Heroes Group,
2: American Heroes Group. Yeah. So make folks make sure that you are tuned in to that. Oh, wow. um, so, but nonetheless, though, yeah, some some incredible things going on uh, for Brother Cliff uh, in the very near future as well.
6: Yeah. Well, that's the man you come see if you running for office. Mm. Cliff, you you, you have to kiss the ring. Yeah, uh, with, with, yeah with, I, I've sat in interviews with him with a candidate that I had some years ago, and yeah, he's a guy you got to come see because mm. you know, he was a alderman. and He's a lawyer. A lot of people don't know he's a lawyer, well, he, and yeah, he helped write the Illinois Constitution. That's right. Wow. right. a lot of people don't know that.
2: Yeah, so, you you would be amazed, and that's I think that's what I was wow. trying to share with you know the entire team that night. That room was filled in my estimation, with at least 70% of the most powerful Mm -hmm. African Americans in the state of Illinois. Mm -hmm. There were a few folks who were not in there, But and I know they talked about it, excuse me, already probably here at WVON, but, you know, you had the likes of Roland Burris, Mm -hmm. you had uh, Father Michael Flager, Mm -hmm. you had uh, Senator Dan Davis, you know, uh, uh, Illinois, Senator President Emil Jones, Emil Jones, yeah, um, Tony
6: Preckwinkle, uh, t- uh,
2: Madam President, yes. uh, was in, yep. was in. The, it was a lot of, yeah. of uh, heavy hitters in that building. So yeah, well, that's what we do at Willie VO Wilson. Here. Yes, Willie, Willie Wilson. Wilson. Oh yep. my God,
6: drop that five thousand dollar check on Danny. Remember,
1: he, said <laughs> he
4: just gave me a five thousand
1: dollar check.
2: Yeah. <laughs> 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 so you know what? We may not be here next week because it's Thanksgiving. So let me take this time. we got six minutes before we close down. Uh, How do you guys think it has been uh, with the new additions of the Kendall Moore show? Like our topics, we really, our focus is not so much on politics Mm -hmm. because there's a lot of that going on. Like the next group that's coming up behind us, they're going to go back to the politics. I'm sure they're going to talk about the Democratic debate that happened uh, this past Wednesday. But this show specifically. It focuses on getting people from their work week Mm -hmm. to their weekend. Yes. So sometimes we catch up on politics, but then we just tackle... Uh, you know, those in-between, those nugget conversations. How yeah. do you guys think that, that's that been flowing? I, one of the callers tonight said it was, you know, mm-hmm. that
5: Compelling. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was um, <clears throat> I mean, I think it's great. I, I would want to hear from you, Kendall, how you feel it's going. And then I would love to hear from the callers, you know, because I know this is a switch from your typical format. So I would love to hear what do you guys think about it? You know, you have this new cast of folks coming in, like, how do you feel? What's up? Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. I, th- I think we should definitely take the temperature. I've been getting some some great feedback from the people who run this station. Yeah, uh, look,
5: we're still here for another
1: prize. <laughs> you right. have a very I have not received
2: the memo from right. Melody or Pierre yet. So yeah,
6: because because we know this is the voice of the nation and it deals mainly with politics. But your show has a diverse uh, group of people who come from all aspects, whether the non-for-profit, the yes. business aspect, the political aspect. You combine it, and bi- basically what you see is how it all uh, plays into each other.
5: It all, yeah. all is, is yep.
6: connected one way or another, yep. whether it's something social like the the what we were just talking about with the uh, birth control or, or the adoption. You know, mm-hmm. it's 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 all connected in, in how we treat each other and, how we can improve society. So, yeah, you got a good mix here, man. Yeah, yeah. I
5: think you're doing a great job because, yeah, yeah, we want to hear about the politics. We want to hear about what's going on in the community, what's going on in the nation. It's really nice to have those conversations about issues that might affect us emotionally Mm -hmm. that we don't necessarily hear throughout the week. So it's really cool to have those peak responses like yes. oh you know what i can relate to
13: that or i've been through that or i heard somebody talk about that so it, yeah. i think you do a really good job of having a mix That's but a like nice Sandria man. said i would love to hear feedback from yeah.
5: the listeners so whether it's a call-in or hitting us up on the facebook page inboxing Kendall kindle right. more show on facebook or instagram let us know what you think.
2: I love it. Th- yeah. That yeah. that is a great idea. Let's yeah. put that. Let's put that yeah. together. Yes. Let's let's do that. Hit how
5: about
6: up. that? Let's Social media. Because mm-hmm. you have the most diverse socially and culturally show on the on the radio on I would the think, station. Because yeah. we all come from different areas, and like I said, we see how it connects. Yeah. And yeah.
5: people, if we if we say you know WVON is the talk of Chicago. We're not just talking about politics, mm-hmm. right? You know, yep. we, we need to widen that scope. Like, we yep. really are the talk of Chicago because we get to talk about everything that is of importance to our listeners, so.
6: But we are the voice of the nation.
5: And the voice of the nation.
2: Yeah, and, and generationally as well. Yeah, that's a, that's another thing, you know, because there, there are niches, you know, for specific right. shows as well. So, very well put. I, I always appreciate you guys. And I say that very... Uh, gratefully and humbly um yeah i'll give you a dissertation on it but i'll save that for us (laughs) like we like i normally do so i want to thank all the guests here for tonight uh sandria who we have
5: yeah so tonight we had mr christopher lamarck we had kevin anthony johnson and we had megan sims so thank you guys for uh joining us tonight to talk about adoption um i am sandria so dope sandria Netta Wilson. You can find me on Instagram and Facebook at Netta B Great, N E T T A B E G R E A T. Do not forget to give us that feedback. Please we really do. want to hear
2: from you. Uh, yeah, yeah. Phone, we definitely do. I'm, we're going to put that out there.
6: I'm um, Westside William West Riley. To the world blow up, baby. <laughs> right. Let Jesus Christ, is. cut the lights off right. on this planet. All right. All right. And you can find me. I'm William Riley on Facebook, W R I L E Y 134 on Instagram.
5: Hey y'all, it's Naya, the intern. You can find me on Facebook, <laughs> N-Y-A Brooks, or on Instagram, N-I-G-H
0: underscore Y-U-H.
2: Naya cold-blooded, y'all. Yes. I'm telling you, she Naya is Fire. <laughs> Naya fire. Hey, listen, Jarrett, we always appreciate you, bro, yes. man. Man, love to you, brother Jarrett. Uh you're part of the Kendall Moore show. Yes. We know everybody else rocks with you, but I just want to let you know you are officially our technical DJ and producer. I
1: love it. <laughs> <laughs>
0: the new generation What's hot? I need more. I need more. new generation radio with Kindle Moore WVON AM Sixteen ninety. Let's talk about it. Come on, new generation. Kendall Moore Talk Radio, WVON. A.M. 1690. Streaming live from the web, WVON.com. Let's talk about it.
1: One,